With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male! And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Okay, everyone, I need your help. I just moved into this apartment a few months ago and I flipped this switch. Made that noise and it scared the daylights out of me. Listen to me, baby, that's all you gotta do. I am told this is a garbage disposal. I've never seen a garbage disposal. I never had one in any place I've ever lived. It is terrifying. I don't know what to use it for or what its purpose is. Like, food scraps? Like, is this environmentally sound? I don't know. You are fake news. Go home, bitch. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. Very fake news. You suck! Yes, suck ass. I agree with that. Yeah, go! I think I love you! Alright, go, go. Ten, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live. Yeah, go. Do it live. I think I'm live. So I'll write it and we'll yeah, do it live. Yeah, go. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. But it is another uh, big week of news to get through. The news stops for nobody, not even your mom. But I hope your mom had a nice day and everyone's mom out there had a nice day. Did you call your mom? I texted her (sighs) and let her complain to me a bunch. So what is a greater gift than that? Oh, well, you, you listen to the complaints by text? Yes. Okay, so not total cop-out. No, no. Okay. Hi, Mom. Hi. Well, a lot to get through tonight. There is a, uh, or there was, a school shooting outside of Denver, and students stand up to the politicization of their grief. That was really encouraging to watch. Oh, no. Did it make you emotional? Uh, no, a tear was not shed, but it was one of those rare moments where I was actually encouraged by yeah. the development of the news as opposed to massively discouraged. So good for them. I'm excited to talk about that. The, uh, the saga of Pennsylvania state representative, Brian Sims continues. We didn't get a chance to discuss this on the show last week, but it was kind of breaking then. Uh, he of course, harassing elderly and young women outside of planned parenthood in Penn, uh, in Philadelphia. Well, in response to that whole episode, there was a massive pro-life rally outside of that Planned Parenthood on Friday. And uh, lo and behold, Brian Sims is a no-show. So, you know, unsurprising. Would have been nice to see him there. But uh, the event was uh, noteworthy nonetheless. And it turns out Brian Sims, I think, is the biggest pro-life fundraiser presently. More dollars going to pro-life organizations because of Brian Sims 
than anybody else. How much which money is a, do they have now? I, last time I checked, it was one hundred and three thousand dollars. Yeah, that family of the the mom of the 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 two kids or the three teenage girls who were being harassed, the mom of one of them anyway. That family's raised over a hundred grand. So nice. So we'll get into that. Uh, this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for you to continue your ongoing distaste for Ben Shapiro. Oh, very good. This some. Um, Ben Shapiro participates in a spicy interview on uh, the BBC and ultimately walks out in a segment getting viral play this weekend. We'll break it down. Uh, I'm going to try to be as fair about it as possible, but it was. Yeah, yeah. When I heard, I heard a lot of people shitting on Ben Shapiro about it. I watched the first half and I'm like, this interviewer is insufferable. I'm going to have to stick with Ben on this one. And then Ben hmm. just dropped the ball it was, real bad. It was pretty out of <laughs> was, character. He has tweeted about it, but I don't think he said it much Was it out of character that. or does he just suck? I don't, I've never seen him. Now. Well, I've never seen him straight up rage quit a a interview debate discussion, whatever you wanna, whatever you yeah. wanna call it. So we'll go through it, and then uh, to close the show, Desmond gets a shoe deal. He's back. He's got a well. It's unclear if he's being paid. Who knows? But he's endorsing Converse, <sighs> and Sports Illustrated celebrates diversity in the swimsuit edition what kind of diversity you'll have to wait till the end of the show to find out but it will not disappoint this is uh yeah this is fantastic this uh, how, how much do you think the sales of sports illustrated's swimsuit edition are going to plummet uh, it depends on how much people like muslims and fatties oh you spoiled it but there's oh, come more come on you, it's the diversity <laughs> issue <laughs> you told me there was some entries into it that i didn't even see like a pregnant chick or something like that okay yeah. So we'll get through all that. We will take uh, Super Chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, of course, because we are no good low-down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thanks for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for supporting the show on mattchristiansandmedia.com. Thanks for emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, if you'd like some sweet deals, from fellow listeners on ammunition and firearms engravings and a bunch of other cool stuff from Phoenix Ammunition and Sonoran Defense Technologies, check out mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. That's linked in the description for you. I have it on good authority that a lot of people actually bought ammo with that promo code and, and, and magazines as well. I was very shocked. I can't reveal the figure, but... It was shocking, yeah. Let's just say everyone's well-armed and I'm happy to learn that. Good for you guys. A thousand rounds per weapon, everybody. That's that's the rule. Mm -hmm. And thanks for supporting those guys. A couple pieces of uh, listener contribution before we hop into it. Uh, Meetups continue. Listener meetups continue. They had one in Montreal. So dapper. Look at this. People meeting up in Montreal. I don't know if they spoke English or French. What do you think? I'm sure they spoke English. Oh, all right. Uh, Yeah, glad glad you guys had a fun time. Uh, if you're interested in organizing or participating in meetups in your area, which are going on everywhere, apparently there is a link to the, uh, sign up form as well as a spreadsheet of contacts that you can find in the description and have awesome, what looks like dinner meetups or drink meetups, just like this one. And I got a piece of art from Jamie. (laughs) It's just me done up as Brian Sims giving the finger to Mike Pence or whatever, but I like that you're on the fingertip. I don't really know why. I don't know, but it, it is, it is funny. And I liked your it. little button, your little political button. Yeah. I got, I got my little, uh, yeah. My own little YouTube logo on my lapel. This clip from, uh, this clip is circulating this week. Do you have a chance to watch this? This yeah. clip from the John Birch society. It was so, prophetic. 
Have you watched much from the John Birch Society? I have before? not, no. So this is new to me, but this clip was shared by Count Dankula and uh, as well as Owen Benjamin, I'm told. It's from George Edward Griffin, who gives a lecture from the John Birch Society. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. I've not had a chance yet, but I've seen parts. It was basically, or is basically, an anti-communist organization. But the clip is from 1969, and he's making reference to things that were said in the 40s. It is amazing how pertinent this, uh, this clip remains. So check this out. This is uh, from 1969. In 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, when certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. Oh! That's pretty Ooh. incredible. Uh, it's yeah. amazing how spot on that is. Well, it's because communists have infiltrated all organizations and they're still following the same playbook. Hmm. It's, I guess um, it, it's one thing to speak about general playbook. It's another to identify the specific terms with such precision. Well, That, that yeah. was odd to me. Who does the general public hate more than Nazis after all? I suppose, yeah. There's nobody else that could be as strong of a scapegoat. Hmm. Well, uh, in other news, we mentioned uh, the Facebook purge last week. Alex Jones, Milo, Laura Loomer, Gavin was banned already before, but a whole bunch of people banned off of Facebook officially last week. And we had discussed how this goes well beyond just banning these figures, even mentioning the unmentionables, unless you explicitly disavow them will also be a punishable offense. And we were talking about that in theory. Well, this week we see it in practice. Michelle Malkin posting on Twitter that her post of simply pictures and general praise for Laura Loomer and Gavin McInnes were deemed in violation of Facebook's community standards. Uh, I believe all she said was that she will be use her voice to speak for the voiceless and encourage people to donate to the legal funds of Gavin and Laura Loomer that are suing the SPLC and care. I mean, this is fundamentally non-controversial, non-hateful stuff, but it just goes to show that they're going well beyond banning these people as individuals. They're literally, they can't be pictured or discussed on Facebook without unironically disavowing. We do that on this show a lot of the time for comedic effect, but you have to do that with sufficient sincerity for Mark Zuckerberg to allow it. Good for Michelle Malkin though. Yeah, good. I, I, uh, I hope this kind of stuff continues until it seems inevitably we will all be banned one day, except for me. I'll be the last one not banned and I'll be still there begging for it, but they'll never ban me. Please ban me. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, okay. So this, this clip, you were reading about it. I don't know that much about this, but these Muslim kids in Philadelphia at some kind of Islamic center are singing about decapitation. I guess I'll just play the clip and then you can tell me what the hell's going on here. Sure. Okay, here's the clip. So they're saying rebels, rebels, rebels. <laughs> Glorious steeds call us and lead us onto paths leading to the, the mosque where at the blood of martyrs protects us paradise needs real men 
We will defend the land of divine guidance with our bodies and we will sacrifice our souls without hesitation. We will chop off their heads and we will liberate the sorrowful, exalted mosque. We will lead the army of Allah fulfilling his promise and we will subject them to eternal torture. Uh, yeah, Muslims are going to Muslim. How many times do I have to say this? <laughs> That was uh that was that was not the right that was a bastardization of Islam. That was uh -huh, it's just yeah, like not totally. the right right form of communism or whatever else. Uh yeah, my favorite part about this, we will chop off their heads and we will liberate the sorrowful and exalted Al-Aqsa Mosque. Hmm. <laughs> oh god. Um yeah, I mean it's pretty self-explanatory. Is that a, I have to admit ignorance. Is that like a famous mosque or what's the mosque they're referring to there? I have no idea. I just said uh, it with confidence so that our audience doesn't. I assumed that. that's. I, I assumed wrongly. That's where they are. They are. That's not where they are. That's a. That is a mosque in Jerusalem, which would explain why they're uh, particularly interested <clears throat> in that mosque. Ah, okay. So there's a Jewish angle here. Uh, the Washington D.C.-based MAS. I don't know what that is an acronym for. That is uh, for this Islamic society. Ah, I okay. Yeah. Claimed the, the Philadelphia Center simply <laughs> failed to properly vet the songs mm. <laughs> and that they would investigate the incident. Following public outcry and social media after Fox News reported it on May 3rd. I swear I heard about this before May 3rd. Um, I think Glenn Beck was up in arms about it a, a little while ago. But yeah, I mean, what do people, why were people so shocked by this? Why? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know that I was necessarily shocked. Um, but I suppose it's, I guess I'm, if there's anything I'm shocked by, it's the fact that this sort of thing gets basically no play but if a kid smirks at an indian the wrong way then that's like national story of, of you know the year to this point also unsurprising i don't know what people expected when we allowed a bunch of muslims into this country but this is how they're gonna do they're gonna teach their children what they believe which is this yeah could we get a integration force into that Islamic society? Status? Not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to deportation force. You think that these Something. people are going to be able to integrate into Western society seriously? Uh, well, I'm, I'm speaking kind of tongue in cheek there, but there, yeah, there's this, no this is, integration. This is a, like, this is a serious problem is what I'm yeah. saying. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I don't know what the solution is. That's part of the, part of the problem of importing, a mass amount of people who do not share your values is you inevitably encounter this sort of problem. And what options do you have? Yeah. Yeah. You run into some real messes. I mean, they're we jihadists. That's, it is somewhat shocking hearing children say something like that, but oh, you know, it's like know the, that. it's like the jihadist Jedi Academy. They're jihadi Padawans in there. <laughs> God, dude, a movie reference. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, I have seen star Wars. That's about it. I had to think about how far I want to go with that joke. It's like, mm, do you want to make an Anakin Skywalker joke here? No, that would be in poor taste. <laughs> I'll stop right there and Should've move on. Should have done it. Should've I'll stop done. right there and move on to uh, AOC. You heard it in the intro there. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez posts a series of Instagram videos about her new discovery of the garbage disposal in her uh, DC apartment. This is what that looked and sounded like. Okay, everyone, I need your help because I just moved into this apartment a few months ago and I flipped this switch. It made that noise and it scared the daylights out of me. I am told <laughs> this is a garbage disposal. I've never seen a garbage disposal. I never had one in any place I've ever lived. 
It is terrifying. I don't know what to use it for or what its purpose is. Ugh. Like food scraps, like is this environmentally sound? I don't know. Boo! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think there's a piece of glass down there. Uh, in response to... In yeah, that was the trolling. Uh, uh, people giving her tips on how to repair any apparent problem with this garbage disposal, if it even had one. Uh, but responding to those trolls, AOC said, quote, all you people telling me to reach in and grab whatever's in there are just Republicans trying to test my health insurance. I'm on to you. Uh, seriously speaking, am I going to rip AOC? Oh, the other thing in her defense, historically, uh, garbage disposals have been banned in the People's Republic of New York City. They're not anymore, but there's a reason why there are a lot of houses and apartments without garbage disposals there. So it, a it, simple it, internet search could have answered all these questions. I think she was just trying to seem like working man relatable. Yeah, p part of it is show for sure. And I'm not going to dunk on her for not knowing what this is. There's tons of stuff that I don't know, and it becomes readily apparent on this show each and every week. Yeah, I did... Uh, Part of me thought this was kind of cute. Oh, dang. You're, you're becoming soft. No, I mean, you know, she kind of has a sense of humor. That's why people like her. Mm. It, it, it might have been totally insincere. But the point is, like, I don't, I don't blame you for not knowing things, uh, even common things like garbage disposals. What I do blame you for is not knowing these things and then turning around and insisting, no, no, no. But I should have centralized control right. of the entire economy. Or yeah. I should have centralized control of the entire country politically. Like if Katy Perry did this, I'd be like, yeah, fine. Sure. But, you know, she's I mean, that, if, if I could talk to her about it seriously, that's the beauty of decentralization in pretty much all contexts, not just economically, but, but across the board. It means one person's silly ignorance or silly mistake doesn't really matter. Yeah. If, if you have total control of everything and you make idiotic mistakes, well, suddenly the whole thing collapses. But I just have to trust her that she has the keys to fix everything. No. Before we get into the Colorado shooting, there's additional news. I called this in the notes. Uh, what did I say? News I don't care about, but is still news. I decided, decided to spare our audience another rehashing of all the Russia stuff since we went through that. I don't in know. I mean, we detail. probably should care about this stuff, right? Yeah, we well, I could make an argument that you should care about the trade war stuff. Fine, fine. But, but I don't care about the other so the, the uh, no, stuff, I do, i'm totally tapped out i'm like i do not care necessarily about the russia stuff but for some entertainment value in it but yeah catch catch us up to speed on what's going on with congress still going after uh, william barr um and i think you have a better grasp on this than me so i have some follow-up questions the house judiciary committee voted wednesday to hold Barr in contempt of congress they voted along party lines 24 to 16 to hold Barr in contempt the contempt vote followed a lengthy debate in the committee where Democrats warned of a constitutional crisis amid the, the administration's blockade and Republicans slammed their Democratic colleagues of uh, Democratic colleagues of abusing their power by going after the attorney general. So it's hmm. my understanding that his hands are tied because of an issue with the grand jury. So we so, can't release this this unredacted. Right. So memo. basically yeah. the, ho Not the House, the committee is subpoenaing the full Mueller report saying right? hand it over William Barr's like I can't, I can't. there's grand yeah. jury testimony in there and I'm banned by law from making that public so this and they seems say, like well, a we're show hold to you the in general contempt. public I yeah mean, they're and just so, trying to appease appease the left and as, also as I understand it only eight percent of the Mueller report is redacted which is yes nothing 
I mean, the, the, the collusion is in that. The collusion, the 8% of collusion. Yeah. 100% guarantee. Uh, yeah, the, the other factor here is that, um, is that to protect Barr, Trump has invoked executive privilege. And so there's going to be a legal battle going forward now about whether this, in fact, gets released or not. All of it inconsequential, as I mentioned, because the idea that, the, that those lines, those redacted lines, that 8% that you mentioned, holds the secret to the incriminating behavior that Trump it's participated absurd. in. No, nonsense. But they're still going to keep going after this, including, oddly enough, and I haven't had a lot of time to look into this, but I, so I don't fully understand it. The House, or sorry, the Senate Judiciary Committee, Republican-controlled Senate Judiciary Committee, is subpoenaing Don Jr. Right, which I don't really understand why they're doing this either. I mean, my initial reaction was they're trying to appease uh, never-Trump neocons. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Don Jr. has already testified before Congress. I don't know what information they expect to learn, and I don't know why a Republican chairman would be on board with this. So it's kind of an oddity. A lot of people have been ripping him. Um, Rand Paul in this article calling it the persecution of the president's family. It seems absurd to me. I, I, I truly don't know why they're doing this. We'll see what happens uh, and what Don Jr. decides to do. If I'm him, uh, I figure out what my options are, and I would, I mean... I would do everything I could to avoid testifying again. They're just yeah. trying to trap people and yeah, they're exactly. just trying to get them on stupid nonsense, secondary charges, totally unrelated to the to the original purpose of this investigation. It's stupid. It's over. Mm -hmm. It's done. Go home. Go oh. home, bitch. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> what about the tariffs? All right. There's some interesting stuff about, um, uh, IP that I want to talk to you about, but the U.S. Oh, yeah. is awaiting retaliation from China over increased tariffs after talks in Washington ended without a deal on trade. The U.S. began raising tariffs on $200 billion in Chinese imports, which sounds like an astronomical amount of money, um, from 10 to 25% on Friday, so a drastic increase after American officials accused Beijing of backtracking on commitments made in earlier rounds of negotiation. Um, Rand Paul this week, said that we need to finalize a trade deal soon because the longer we're involved in a tariff battle or trade war, the better chance there is we could actually enter into a recession because of it. Um, this IP thing, terrible. The CNBC poll, which I, I bet is pretty accurate, I looked at it, uh, finds that one in five corporations say China has stolen their intellectual property within the hmm. past year. Intangible assets, which include an intellectual property, make up 80% of the value of S&P 500 companies, according wow. to the Harvard Business Review. Wow, okay. And as, as in terms of numbers, the U.S. trade repre representative has estimated the annual loss to China at between $225 billion and $600 billion. Hmm. So the IP thing is huge. Um, I'm not an economist, so I, I can't opine. I do trust Rand Paul. Hmm. So I feel like the if he thinks that this is going to make us fall into a recession, we need to... It, it's the big question we've talked about before. Does Trump believe in and want to implement tariffs for their own sake? Or is this leverage to get China to uh, acknowledge and, and even um, concede a few things in trade negotiations? If it's the latter, all right, I, I might be able to put up with that. If it's, if it's Trump actually believing this is good policy long term, then yeah, we're going to have some serious problems. But I, I, th I think that it's probably the latter. And so I'm not going to freak out about it just yet. Uh, unfortunately, this is going to mean in the short term higher consumer costs for a, a broad variety of goods. As far as I understand, the, uh, Trump is talking about applying it to more uh, like a second round of goods as well. It's not just this first round. So 
uh, we'll see. I hope it's, and I trust it is a negotiation tactic as opposed to um, a policy prescription for what ails this country. It's going to piss consumers off, but we really shouldn't be ch- buying, buying Chinese crap all the time. Well, yes and no. I mean, the, there is a benefit to your, to, there's a reason why Walmart makes money, right? That is to yeah. say at a lot of points in your life, you need some piece of cheap crap uh, for a specific purpose or for whatever purpose in your life. And, and a lot of the times it's better to have something cheap and, and, and of questionable quality than nothing at all. Especially if you're in a situation where you're financially down on your luck or I find this an unconvincing argument. You don't think we have genuine use for cheap crap? I think that's important. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the country as a whole would be stronger if we manufactured our own cheap crap. Well, can we, didn't we do it? This. That's the problem. Can you do it? Um, I mean, we would have had we would have developed means to do this had we not outsourced the the production and the manufacturing of so many. But the, well, goods. that's the that's the argument we'd find. We'll find out if it works if the if the tariffs stay in place. I think I, we're industrious; I, we can make it work, but it's gonna hurt for a while, for sure. I don't think there's any way you're gonna do it cheaper than the status quo. Um, cheaper than the status quo? No, probably not. The question is, uh, what is the the cost if you can quantify it on moving manufacturing here? Are, are Americans willing to pay a little bit extra if we aren't buying things from? I China? suppose, but I mean, we're. I mean, we're I'm both willing pre- to pay. 20% more on basic. Sure. But we're both producers and consumers and not a lot of consumers have the luxury of making that choice. If you are, are struggling to make ends meet and you need cheap crap, which a lot of people do, yeah, you're going to hurt. That's, that's going to put you in a, in a rough spot. Yeah. It's going to hurt. I'm, I'm not making the argument that it's not, but you know, there would be tangible benefits. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out, but, uh, but there's a reason I put this in the news I don't care about. <laughs> there's a reason I did that. That's because I want to move on to the uh, to the to this Colorado shooting, which I do find um, not the shooting itself, but the way this thing is developed. I shouldn't have said fascinating. It is very yeah. sad. I mean, I, of course, <laughs> I shouldn't immediately go to it's fascinating. But the react, but the reaction to this has been um, it's really illuminated the left and they have immediately dropped it once it didn't fit their narrative. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it turns out it's a transgender kid and a Democrat who stole a handgun from a safe. We can't do anything about this. So let's move on. Like no AR 15, no smirking Republicans. Like, yeah. And one of the shooters father is an illegal Mexican. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that he's been twice deported and he had domestic abuse and maybe weapons charges too. the trannies Hmm. pop. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, catch me up to speed on the facts. Uh, two suspects happened. in custody Tuesday night after shooting at a Colorado high school, a STEM school. Um, one person dead, eight injured. The suspects were identified as Devin Erickson. And what is the tranny's name? Let me put it in this part. Rats. It's down below, but I, um, but I have lost it. It's, it. Just to clear up some confusion on Wednesday too. We talked about this, but the transgender suspect is oh, female bio, biological female to Yes, I one of the news outlets that I read were was reporting this was right after this happened was reporting uh the person killed as the transgender, I think. Oh, but the only one killed was this Castillo kid, right? Yeah. Okay. But that's okay. So and as I see, as reported by the examiner here, Washington Examiner, transgender suspect asked court to use pronoun he in Colorado school shooting case. So this is a biological female. Right. 
right, right. Who, who is transitioning to male or has transitioned. So these kids walked into the STEM school, they got deep inside the school and engaged students in two separate locations using handguns. You said they were stolen, both the handguns? Yeah, they were stolen from a safe of one of the families. I forget, I don't know which one, one of the two kids' families. Legally was, owned though. Uh, I believe so, but obviously the theft of them was was illegal. Right. But the, it, my understanding based, what, based on what I saw in local reporting is they broke a safe. They broke into something and, and stole these things. Um, as of two days ago or so, uh, four students are still in the hospital. The remainder have been released. No staff or officers were injured. Um, 16-year-old McKinney is, is a minor, obviously. The transgender was transitioning from female to male at the time of the shooting. Hmm. Now, the reason the media has stopped talking about this is because, of course, everybody went through their social media history. Um, on Devin Erickson's page, he talks about how he hates Christians. And this one quote, uh, this is from two years ago, I believe. You know what I hate? All these Christians who hate gays. Yet in the Bible, it says uh, if someone doesn't do what their priest tells them to do, they're supposed to die. It has plenty of crazy stuff like that. Erickson wrote in one Facebook post. But all they get out of it is, ooh, gays. Hmm. So it had a lot of stuff. He, he supported Obama. He's a registered Democrat, uh, a critic of Trump. Um, he had a celebrate pride filter on one of his photos in 2015. Uh, so it really muddies the motive. I read some articles that they were notorious bullies, but hmm. I'm not really sure that I believe that. I mean, I think that they're probably trying uh, to divert attention away from the transgender thing and hmm. the Mexican <laughs> illegal father thing uh, and that they're that they're on the left. I highly doubt they were bullies or really bullied. I mean, it's a Denver school. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of that stuff's tough to vet. You just have to rely on people's, uh, on people's hearsay, basically. Uh, so the student who died, Kendrick Castillo, is being hailed as a hero after he was killed attempting to lunge at the gunman. Right. Okay. Um, and then wasn't there, wasn't there a second kid who tried to disarm the gunman as well? Some kid who's joining the Marine Corps? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, but he's, is he injured or is he? I think he's fine. I might be wrong. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, you have to wonder why the media immediately abandons this narrative. No, it's because they, it's because they care about the politics of it more than they care as, as we'll see in a moment, both in how this vigil was handled and in terms of like Chris Cuomo's commentary. It's clear that the sympathy is a front for a political agenda. It's that simple. I don't know if it's ever been as transparent as it is in this case. You will never hear uh, this case mentioned again. You will never hear the kids you're about to see uh, promoted like David Hogg. They'll disappear. Part of that is because they're going to go off and do real things with their lives, not just be some mouthpiece like David Hogg. Uh, but part of that is, a lot of it is, because this story does not fit a predetermined political agenda. But um, I want to talk about this vigil because this is where things got really ridiculous in terms of how the reaction in terms of the reaction to this whole story. So the day Net after positive, the shooting, though, I was really happy. To see yeah, I agree. But it, man, was I mad listening to some of these speakers uh, the, the day after the shooting, there was a community vigil at a nearby high school. And so it wasn't at the STEM school uh, in Highland Ranch itself. It was at a, a, a different one. But there's a big assembly in a gym. Reportedly, the event was organized by something called Team Enough, a student organization that advocates against gun violence. So that helps to explain to me why this was so heavily politicized. My question that I don't know the answer to is, 
how was this presented? Because if it's a gun control activist organization presenting the event as such, okay, I guess that's what you're going to attend. If, however, it was presented as a vigil to mourn the loss, as these kids seem to be under the impression that's what they were going to, then this is especially terrible. Anyway, the speakers included... Colorado Senator Michael Bennett, who I learned is now running for president, not even joking, like within the last couple of days, this guy is also running for president for the Democratic Party. As well as Laura Reeves, a volunteer of Moms Demand Action, which is, of course, a gun control advocacy organization. After these people speak, students grow weary of their loss being politicized. And many of these students left in protest and later returned to the mic to express their frustration. Here's what the whole scene looked like. So we got the speakers first. We became paralyzed by the NRA. We did not hold our elected officials accountable as they were loosening the sensible gun regulations that were keeping us safe. Instead, we chose to burden our youth with the responsibility of saving their own lives. The very pathetic truth is that we took this route because it seemed easier than confronting the actual root cause of the gun violence issues. People of my generation have to listen when you say enough. What does meaningful action look like for you? Places I've seen young people find their voice and use their power have been registering voters, becoming well-informed voters, running for office, staging walkouts and demonstrations. I know our kids already have enough to do. They have a job to do when they come to school. Their job is not to fix America's broken gun laws. So then they begin leaving and they start chanting mental health. Mental health! Mental health! Mental health! Mental Surely health. with reference to the tranny. Pretty much really bad because they turned us into politics about gun control. When we came here to respect our brother Kendrick, we can't be used for a reason for gun control. We are a people, not a statement. This was not a vigil. Yeah. This was purely a political stunt. This is not what we wanted for Kendrick. We didn't want Kendrick to be a prop. We wanted Kendrick to be mourned. We wanted all of you to join us in that mourning, but that was not allowed here. I stand with whatever you need. And I don't condone the constant, constant use of children and of violence in schools as a prop. Good for them. And the comments on that Washington Post uh, YouTube video were also very encouraging the uploads are encouraging too uh can i just say hugely ironic that this mom's demand action lady talks about listening to the kids and them staging walkouts when she gets walked out on uh do you think she's going to listen to the kids or is it only the kids who agree with her that she thinks adults have to listen to uh beyond that what gun laws do they want kids under 21 are already banned from having right. handguns in in uh, Colorado, they, they stole, stole them anyway. Legally owned guns. Every, no law would have prevented this. Everything about this was already illegal. There's nothing here that there was no loophole. There was nothing like that. Well, she just uh, wanted to create more Parkland students so that this would get more media traction. She was trying yeah. to do this, and these STEM kids too smart. You got to know your audience. Parkland kids, idiots. That's fine. true. I hadn't I hadn't thought but of that. STEM. Angle. These kids yeah. were like, uh, uh-uh, no. Yeah. Good. Good call. I, there's something 
even if it was billed as a political event, which I don't think it was, but let's say it was, there is something still that's really, I think, distasteful about going to these kids who've just experienced a shooting within 24 to 48 hours and and telling them, here's what you can do. Register people to vote. Go out and make signs and make noise in the street and stuff. What? Even if that's the policy prescription you believe in, you really want to do that right now? That seems, I don't know, man. Like just, just chill out and hang out with your friends and recover a little bit, you know, just be damn kids which they should be, but we can't let them anymore because we have to learn from the kids, as this lady says. We have it's to nonsense. learn. Well, they, uh. they, they qualify them as, as children when it's, it's politically convenient for them and as, as adults otherwise. They're like, yeah. oh, we want them to vote at 16 except for these based Gen Z kids, not them. They can't vote. They're just well, children. If, if that lady didn't bug you enough, Chris Cuomo talking to Don Lemon reacting to this event is one of the silliest things I've seen from this duo in a while, which is saying a lot because they do do and say silly things frequently. Super silly. Here's what they had to say. The sameness, Don. The sameness. You know, I was talking to Mukasey. I said, can you imagine if for 15 of the first 19 weeks of school, some monster stole a kid and did disgusting things to them and left them out in the body for all to see? We would go crazy. The phalanx of protection that would be around the schools, the money, the incentives, the politicians, the laws, it would be all over. This, we don't, we don't even think about whether there's a problem. Well, no law would have fixed it, Don. What law could you have done that would have made this not happen today? Well, I hope my son would do what Kendrick did. Really? That's where we are. Gee, I hope my son, Mario, has the balls to run at somebody who's going to kill him to save the rest of his class. And now they gotta live with it. Like Someday that. we'll do better, Don. Yeah. That's why you keep doing the job. Journalism is an expression Ugh. of hope in the future. Yeah. How self-congratulatory, what a pair of douchebags. But he's right, he brought up the, the most salient point from the other side. What law would have prevented but this? He treats it as silly, but it's a sincere question that he has no answer to. Right. To his first point, if we had monsters stealing kids from school, what you're advocating, Chris, is banning monsters instead of protecting the kids. It's not going to work. What are you talking about? I hope He says, oh, I hope my son is brave enough, and that's what we're supposed to go with. No, you idiot. Nobody wants to leave kids defenseless. That's you right. who wants the kids to have to lunge at shooters when they enter your building because you don't want to protect them like we protect every other asset in this freaking country. That's your advocacy. And even beyond that, to the, to the last point that that you mentioned journalism is expression of hope in the future. No, dude, that's politics. No, journalism These kids are an expression of hope for the future. They yeah. get it. They know what's up. They're not going to be used as a political prop. And I hope that other people see this and they're inspired juxtaposed to the Parkland situation, which has been disastrous. Nobody is going to ever remember these kids or pay attention. This is just going to blow over. No one's ever going to talk about it. We're going to be yeah. hearing from David Hogg for the next friggin' decade. Of course. It's like if, if you want to talk about hope for the future and trying to guide society in that hopeful direction, that's fine. But that's politics. That's yeah. not journalism. Journalism is exposure of the truth, whether you like the truth, whether you find it hopeful, discouraging, whatever. And by the way, I say this with full acknowledgement that this show has a, a particular bend or a way that we want to guide society in the future. The difference is I don't pretend to be like a strictly 
this isn't a, some kind of journalistic integrity show. We don't try to present it as that I have no personal biases. I don't know what none, you're talking about. None whatsoever. But that's what drives me nuts is like, oh, we just report the facts. By the way, our journalism is an expression of hope in the future. Screw Ugh. you, dude. What a joke. I know. And if you couldn't be any more mad, I got one more submission. Because Fine. in related news, Cory Booker, yes, no chance presidential candidate Cory Booker, yes, very, very straight. Totally Booker, straight. He likes the we boobs. Talk- <laughs> so many as we were boobs. talking about before we go live. And he's he totally unveiled- banging Rosario Dawson, guys. Yes. Totally. She's not unveiled- getting paid to act like his girlfriend. He unveiled a new gun control plan on CBS this week, which includes a national licensing program for gun purchases. Here's Cory Booker on CBS. This morning, Booker unveiled his new plan to prevent gun violence in the United States. It calls for a national gun licensing program to keep guns out of the wrong hands. His plan would also ban assault rifles, limit handgun purchases to one a month, and close loopholes that allow abusive partners to buy guns. Senator Booker joins us first on CBS This Morning to reveal the details of his plan. Good morning, Senator. We should also mention that Gail is good friends with the Senator and has supported oh. him in the past. You're Why friends with Gail? <laughs> well, I left my Booker, my Cory Booker t-shirt at home. Right. Unfortunately, now I'm he asked tougher questions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Why is licensing guns the solution? Well, first of all, it's evidence-based. We know it works in states like Connecticut that have done it. They have seen 40% drops in gun violence, 15% drops in suicide rates. But this is a bigger issue in America where we're not uh, approaching it or taking it on in proportion to the gravity of the consequences of our inaction. Every day in America, we have in the aggregate a mass shooting, ripping apart communities, over 100 people dying of gun violence. Uh, Can we, we get a demographic breakdown on that, Corey? Defense. And here we have in my lifetime uh, more people being killed by gun violence in every single war in our country's history from the Revolutionary War now combined. Everything from consumer product safety to the CDC's ability to research these issues uh, to even uh, the ATF, which is starved by Congress and its inability to even enforce the laws we have. You are certainly no stranger, Corey, to gun violence in the city of Newark. And I think most people in the country thought after the Newtown shooting, the gun laws would change. After Parkland, the gun laws would change. Nothing people say has changed. Why do you think that this is going to make a difference now? I had a young man die from an assault rifle attack yes, last year. Just a couple of days no, ago, three people shot in my neighborhood. <laughs> All right, and if you become not. president, will Rosario Dawson be first lady? I, I knew you were going to ask such a question. <laughs> I, I will talk to I'm you straight. about my love life off the air like okay. we usually do. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And then Gail will tell us all about it and America. Uh, gross. Yeah, you'll gossip with Gail, who's an objective journalist when she needs to be. Okay, yeah, whatever, really. dude. It's so uh, absurd. I mean... I like that they touched on Newark here because the hypocrisy is staggering. Uh, he's not going to talk about how school violence and school shootings, that is a drop in the bucket compared to black on black crime. And no, nobody's going to talk about that, but they'll talk about gun violence in Newark. Like they're talking about a bunch of white people. Also, yeah. he couldn't do anything about that. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the thing I love about Cory Booker. He goes, man, I come from Newark where it really sucks. I didn't fix it when I was mayor, I know. but let me do this nationally. So even beyond, uh, before I get to like the practicality and the philosophy of this, some items that I think are worth discussing, some of which are statistical, like you were mentioning. First of all, they show that graphic of gun violence 
uh, where the zero is not the x-axis, so it just makes it look like it's increasing massively, yeah. even though it's not. They do that to distort. But also they include suicides. They, they neglect to tell you that two-thirds of those figures are suicides. Do okay. they correct for population increase? I don't know if they're per capita or if they're... Uh, I don't think they are. They're not. They're just raw figures. So then they're, they're, it's poten there's potentially no increase. Yeah. Um, ban assault rifles, he says. Okay, this is getting into the nitty-gritty of terminology but even if he means what i think he means he's still wrong anyway the assault rifle the term they're using that's an automatic rifle definitionally those are already banned as a practical matter no the man in newark was not newark was not killed by an assault rifle there were something like three known murders in the u.s with automatic weapons but are you serious ever ever three <laughs> you can look them up well, they must know but this, I, but, but they're I, taking advantage of, of, you know, a misunderstanding of the nomenclature in the general yeah. public. And, and yes, I know the comeback. Well, they mean assault weapon, which, of course, is a BS term that that senators like he and, and him and Diane find. But when they use. when your average American hears assault weapon, they're thinking about automatic rifles. They, yeah. they are. When they when they when he says assault rifle, he means assault weapon, which refers to a semi-automatic that just has scary pieces of plastic he doesn't like on it. But every year, even if that's what you mean, Corey. 3% of total gun murders are with rifles of any kind, any kind. So-called assault weapons are less. So we're talking about such a tiny fraction here of that massive gun violence chart that you're showing. And then he talks about closing the abuser's loophole. There is no loophole. What okay? does that under even mean? Under federal law, anyone convicted of even a misdemeanor domestic assault or abuse charge is a prohibited person. All 50 states, illegal, cannot own a gun, no exceptions. It's right there on the form. It's part of a background check. It's already against the law. Granted, sometimes there are holes in the background check system. But again, that's enforcing existing law. That's not writing new law. Now... On, on just the practicality of his plan. He says it's, it's evidence-based. No, it's not. Illinois does this. It's one of the worst gun violence states in the country. Connecticut passed this bill in the 90s. Guess what? Murder rates have fallen across the country over that same time frame. Fact of the matter is states that have these licensing programs have significantly worse gun violence rates than states without states like yours or mine. This is, we know what they want. They want a registry of so that when somebody like Cory Booker wins the presidency, they can enact widespread, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Turning Confiscation. <laughs> yeah. Confiscation. That's Take them away. Yeah. I mean, that's really what they're doing here. Um, I, the fact that people aren't calling them out on this is kind of the, the part I love, too, is that he admits that the feds are bad at enforcing the laws that exist yeah. now. He says, well, the ATF, they can't even enforce the laws we wrote. <laughs> Why would we have you write more then? Right. Especially when, when a lot of the stuff you're talking about is already illegal. On the philosophy of this, regardless of whether you care about guns or not, regardless of whether you believe in a right to self-defense or not, just take the context of constitutional rights this program this this law as proposed presumes you are unworthy of your constitutional right until the government says you are until they say you are worthy that flips the concept of inalienable, of inalienable rights, rights exactly. upside down so maybe you're not a big gun person maybe you don't think you need one for self-defense protect your life liberty and property whatever the question to ask is would you be comfortable with a government-issued free speech license or a government-issued immu immunity from search and seizure The left license. would be fine with this. Of course, I think they would. And if the government says you're a good boy, you get due process. You want to do that? I don't think so. It doesn't work this way. And 
you know, maybe you're not, as I said, maybe you're not a big gun guy. I would hope that people listening to this are big free speech people. If you think they're not going to start limiting your speech with the exact same type of laws, the exact same philosophical approach, you're fooling yourself. And to take away the guns first, and then they're coming for your speech second. I, I, I don't see any way around that. But, but people are still arguing that this is, this is the approach that's going to make us safer, even though we just have kids stealing guns out of safes. What, what law can you... Have you seen that graphic going around of the last 30 years of conservatives and uh, Democrats, how they used to be uh, grouped closer together in ideology Mm. and now they're just totally, totally polarization graph. Basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think your average leftist uh, doesn't believe in constitutional values. I think it's time for us to accept that. I I see plenty of anecdotal evidence of that. If there's a way to measure it in the aggregate, like they're describing, I'm, I'm, but I, I think be that if that's because the of the polarization, your, your, I don't know, a common sense leftist has now been classified as somebody on the right. Yeah, that's a contradiction in terms as far as I'm concerned yeah. at this point. Uh, so, and the last side note I had about this segment, in case you had any doubt about how deep in bed these journalists and politicians are, there's your evidence, man. I mean, yeah. I, guess, I guess I'll give them credit for admitting it. But my God, hey, Gail and Corey hang out and she has a Corey t-shirt. But Ew. she's totally gonna she's totally gonna ask him some you that know, questions that get at friend Gail, right? Is that the same one? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Oops, anyway, we're right. we're already tied up against the clock, so we should that's keep it. Totally moving. It's Gail King. That's the same yeah. that's Oprah's Gail. Is that how she got into journalism was through Oprah? I'm sure. Wow, Oprah's made a lot of people a lot of money. Dr. Phil and her and, and all that. Yeah. Dr. Phil's podcast is all right, though. I've been listening to it. Really? I listened to Sophie Turner because I wanted to see if she's as boring in real life as she is as Sansa in Game of Thrones. And confirmed, yes. Uh, Possibly more boring. Fine. I mean, hmm. she's too hot to be interesting. But I kind of like Dr. Phil. I don't know. I, I got a soft spot for him. Because he seems like a total hack that it's dishing out advice that he has no business giving. Advice. Yeah, there's probably some, but I, he, I don't know. I can't explain my appreciation. I just, I just like the guy. It seems like he'd be fun to have a beer with, have a Coors with, you know. But I guess maybe he'd give me a lot of unsolicited advice and probably piss me off. Who knows? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you want to do a super chat break? Yeah, let's take a brief break and then we'll hop into Brian Sims. Philip Smallin's message is upside down. Oh, God, are you going to do this to me? Oh, that's clever. I wonder if this can get past the YouTube uh, sensors so see. you won't see message deleted hashtag InfoWars. Yeah, that's smart. I don't know how you do that. That's too advanced to flip your text upside down. I don't know but... either, but I was able to read it, so I'm happy. Um, Rocky Mountain Monk had a great time hanging out with the gang at the Denver meetup yesterday. Attention, anyone in the Pikes Peak region of Colorado Springs meetup is coming soon. Cool. Those interested need to sign up on the contact contact list ASAP. Find the links in the description. That's awesome. And thank you, Rocky Mountain Monk. I am not going to be niggardly. Why? That Why? Was, that was a nice donation. <sighs> You're sounder crazy. Uh, JVD9061 deactivated my Facebook because Mark Cuckerberg is a slimy douche. Looking forward to another great show. We're trying. He is a slimy douche. Uh, mm. Volate, hey, Denver Meetup. Blonde, you're beautiful, amazing, smart, and always right about everything. I've mm. never questioned anything you've ever said. Please don't threaten to reject my super chats. 
<laughs> that I was like well played. I liked that. Well played, and yeah. um, More and by compliments. the way, I will say, like, I got some email from uh, the parties of conflict last week, and every, it, it strikes me as just mostly a misunderstanding. That oh, happened, it's fine. So. I've already forgotten who they are, and I get yeah. mad for five minutes, and then it just kind of. No, I'm glad that that was able to resolve amicably. So, so yeah. thank you for emailing me, and you know, I was that. really mad though. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It happens to me too. Just call into the call-in show and tell me how to run my show. You I know. Get the same I know. Response. Uh, Kadrick Everson, Orange County, California meetup is happening next Sunday around eight people so far. Go to the cool. spreadsheet and contact Rick in Orange County for details. Super cool. Uh, Fritz Leschenbrander says, just wanted to share my joy today. I, I came upon a 1944 eight millimeter. Is that Mauser? Is that Mauser? Yeah. By BYF 98 Kurtz. They're close to nothing. I don't know what any of Sweet. that means. Actually, um, I have one that's that's been in my family, and I've had it in my possession for some time, but I never shot it because I didn't think I had any ammo for it. But then I found some 8mm Mauser ammo laying around. Mm. So I took it out for the first time a few weeks ago. Was it fun? And uh, Well, just like the M1, the, so the, the U.S. issue standard-issue rifle, and this is what we're talking about is the German standard-issue rifle at the time. Man, these things just punch. They're 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 big. They're heavy. They're they're fun to shoot. Don't get me wrong, but they punch you, man. And the idea that that these guys were walking around, you know, European winter, firing these things. You know, I'll shoot like fifty rounds, and it's like, okay, you know, uh, that's that's enough to the shoulder yeah. for today. The, those that was a special breed of tough back then when you got all those guys lugging those things around. Sure was. We should all admire nineteen forty five Germans. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> And their American counterparts who <laughs> were of German descent, many of them, <laughs> specifically the them. Daily Caller did an interview on YouTube with a representative for the North Korean defectors about the Mega Hat incident. Really? Oh, I, I didn't. I haven't heard that much about it. Apparently, some some North Koreans in Mega Hats also got harassed. What? Uh, that's all I know. Like headline level, I haven't looked into it. Thank you for that. Do no rush. Hey, love you guys. To my fellow Canadians, I just joined Mad Max's PPC this October. Let's give Trudeau the boot and replace him with some true conservatives, not Shears nominal conservatism. Hmm. We need to learn more about Canadian politics. Uh, thank you for that. drink this with the lid still on. Did you just please like don't make a gif of that. Uh, yeah, please don't, especially now that he's brought it to your attention and it yeah. otherwise would have gone unnoticed. Orwell's goon, you guys should consider doing a live show. Let me know if you'd be interested in doing one in, oh, you mean like IRL? Like on uh, location. Doing one in D.C. with some good monument sightseeing after I'd be happy to do some legwork to make it happen. I don't know if we really want to be uh, seen are, in the flesh. There are some serious technological hurdles to do it, and it's high cost, unfortunately. I'm not saying also no laziness. or never. But um, and my public speaking fear, as you've seen on this show many times, there are a lot of things that can go wrong. <laughs> and I try to keep things as consistent as possible. But I do appreciate the uh, interest. And if you have a, a proposal, you're, you can email me and I'll I'll consider. That's a lie. We're not going to do this. I would say the odds are not great, but you never know what happens in the future. We're nerds. You can't get us to venture out of our houses. Hmm. Uh, Bird's eye view. Hello. This show was great. Frankly, it's the best. Blonde, just a reminder, I emailed you a few days ago. Everyone else, please visit my YouTube channel and playlist. Uh, Carrie Ann Hurst folk music and listen and watch Stone River Blues. That is the kind of shilling that I'm okay doing. Uh, Rainier Chen. <laughs> Thanks. Glad you guys played the Kami Handbook video. The next step will be tech companies inviting government regulations of speech based on claims of social good, like yeah. the health of youth and racial relationships. It's happened yeah. in China. Oh, my worst nightmare. I'll just do two more right now. I see you, Kevin Flanagan. I'm gonna oh, he's read. back. He's back, and he he has a really funny one about Cory Booker that I'm totally going to read. 
Um, <laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. Kaz, Kaz Denazel. I just wanted to say it's awesome to hear you're taking cello lessons. Well, I've been paying for 10 years myself. Make sure to pra practice your fingerings and don't over tension the G string. Yeah, it's not like riding a bike. I played for like 12 years mm. and I thought I would just be able to get back into it. And I suck so much. It's mm. hard to listen to myself practice. That's how bad I am. Uh, one more. Far too hard. All oxa is on the same um is on the same complex as what we used to call the Dome of the Rock and is the historical location of the temple. We probably should have known that. Um, yeah, I listen, I've never pretended to be a, a religious scholar. It's like I said, my ignorance is on full display on this show many times. So I appreciate it. Though. We probably shouldn't make fun of AOC so much. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to. The difference is I don't think I can govern everything. I think I can govern I can barely yeah. govern my own house and the show. That's there is some it. kind of appeal to a, a dumb woman or like a helpless woman. Hmm. Maybe that's what she's playing on. Well, uh, over on Streamlabs, Cameron says, Hey, Matt and Blonde, hope you were having an... And then that's it. <laughs> it kind of trailed off. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Cameron. Dildo Swaggins, you'll appreciate this one. Game of Thrones is gayer than Matt and Ben Shapiro watching Brokeback Mountain together while giving each other mutual upside-down handies. How is... <laughs> Gay! Why, what makes says, them upside down? Okay. I don't know. I love the show, uh, says Knowledge. More and more recently, I've been wanting to completely unplug from politics because of how hopeless and depressed it makes me feel. At the same time, I feel like I need to know what's going around me. Thoughts? Maybe just limit yourself to like X time per day. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I don't suffer from that because it's, you know, it's my job and I enjoy it, but you you want to know what's going on around you. I, I don't I don't I don't think you should like totally shut out the world. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you say I'm, I'll look at the internet for like an hour and that's it. I don't know, though. If you totally shut it out, if something really important happened, you'd hear about it. I don't know I that suppose. it really matters that much. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Just try try reducing and see what happens. Good luck. Find something else to occupy your mind. Good hobby or something. Oh, my gosh. That, that fingering the G-string thing totally went over my... Did you did you catch that? <laughs> I guess I, I was looking at something else, so I might have not picked up on it fully. I mean, it does have a G-string and yeah. you do have to finger it. So. That's true. Wow. It's a good cello chat. joke. That's... Michael Schlecht is back and says, if followers are if followers of Christ are Christians and we call followers of me Christian Sinians. Appreciate y'all and the good stuff you do. That's not very catchy, so I will not advocate <laughs> that term, but I appreciate the thought. Phil says, uh, physical removal of Muslims from the West is the only long-term option that allows the West to survive the longer we put off the pulling off of this band-aid, the worse it will be. Population transfer is not a dirty term. Whew, that's a spicy one. Woo. Um, here, the thing is, well, the thing is, the the more you create this culture clash, like we're talking about, the more the solutions become terrible. Yeah, I can I can understand that, and and I'm not without advocating. I don't know what Phil is advocating or not advocating, but anyone who denies the seriousness of the conflict, I think is fooling themselves. The idea that what we saw at that, at that Islamic center and uh, general Western culture are just going to get along in peace. It's not going to happen. They're talking about chopping off people's heads, dude. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what people expect. Like Muslims that are totally radicalized are going to come to this country and raise their kids like Americans, like what, like Westernized Americans. Like obviously that's not what's going to happen here. Matthew says, mad props to those STEM kids. Gen Z might just save us all. Yeah, that, that could happen. They'll save us when, uh, well, I was yeah. going to say old and gray, but we're not that much older than them. We'll, we'll still be of reasonable mind, sound mind, when, when they're saving the world. What are you talking about? I mean, everybody knows how old we are. 
Oh yeah, I know. I'm not hiding anything, but yeah. I, you know, these kids do look, I, I realize I'm getting older when these kids look super young to me. Yeah. You yeah. Know? They no longer look like your peers. Redicus says, talk about China. Uh, Trump, you can't trade with someone that lies, cheats, and steals. The Communist Party controls all the business and is propping up their uh, their dictatorship. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on board uh, with this stuff as long as it's you know as long as we're trying to leverage uh, leverage something as opposed to harming American consumers, which I think is what Trump is getting at. I have faith yeah. in that. Radicus says, uh, again, Corey, that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Everyone in the world is dumber for having heard you speak. <laughs> I give you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. But on a serious note, my response to every shooting, how do you cure evil? Yeah. Or just do you grant the premise that evil exists? And if you do, well, there you go. You made yeah. the case for self-defense. Uh, and that is a movie reference that I get. That's Me too. One of the few, but that's a great Even movie. Even though Adam Sandler sucks. Yeah, but his old movies do, do still hold up, if you ask me. I went back and watched like Happy Gilmore maybe a couple months ago, and it was still funny. I still love that movie. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Brian Sims. And then after that, we got the, uh, the Ben Shapiro interview. Mm. Brian Sims is this uh, Pennsylvania state representative who was and has been harassing pro-life activists outside of this Planned Parenthood in his Philadelphia neighborhood. Just in case you didn't see what that looked like this week, I have brief clips of Brian Sims harassing this old woman. That was the original clip that went viral. And after that was revealed, people started looking more and more. Mind you, he streamed this on Periscope. It's not even unearthed. He streams this because he thinks it makes him look good. And people dig in more and more and they find him offering or, or encouraging the doxing of teenage girls who are engaged in the same sort of protest. The best part of this whole video is he's like, and these three white girls and that one girl of, I don't know, is she Mexican or something? She goes, yeah. I'm not even white. I'm not even close to white. His hatred of white people is very bizarre. You'll see it referenced uh, several times throughout this clip or these clips. Hi, everyone. Uh, Representative Brian Sims here. And I'm once again out in front of Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, It's not only in my district. It's the most heavily protested Planned Parenthood, I I believe, in the country. Today's protester. Now, she is an old white lady who's going to try to avoid showing you her face. So I have a couple questions for you, ma'am. How, how many children have you clothed today? Oh my God, I can't watch I'm sorry, I missed your answer. How many children have you clothed today? Or have you just stood out in front of a Planned Parenthood shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do? Who would have thought they that an old cons- white lady would be out in front of a Planned Parenthood telling people what's right for their bodies? Shame on you. Shame on you for hiding your face at the same time that you're shaming other people. Now, see, you're mistaken. You have a constitutional right to a late-term abortion or an Not early term abortion though. at least, but you don't have a constitutional right to self-defense and your right to speech ought to be heavily regulated. That, that's upside down world that Brian Sims lives in apparently. Anyway, and I mentioned this in my video that I was talking about, you know who um, invented that constitutional right to an abortion? Old white guys that he hates otherwise. Oh, it's just old white people out here. I hate them. Well, you oh. can thank them for your stupid constitutional right to an abortion, which it I totally say, yeah. if there are new listeners, I say not even necessarily because of a position on abortion, even though these people are pushing me away from my former pro-choice self, but because it's constitutionally illiterate. It's nonsense made up out of thin air. How do they even say that this is a, this is a constitutional right? The, What's the court reasoned that there is a right to privacy intrinsic in the concept of ordered liberty. Fine, fine. And that that right to privacy would include a early term abortion up to the point of viability. 
which is when the, the fetus can survive outside of the mother's womb. The, I mean, there are a lot of problems with that, though. First of all, viability is an evolving thing as medical technology advances. I'm supposed to believe that because a baby can survive easier today, it's immoral today to abort that child than it would have been X amount of years ago when that technology doesn't exist. That seems a little fishy. Uh, And then secondarily, okay, there are certainly themes of privacy in the Constitution. You talk about uh, uh, being free from unreasonable search and seizure and stuff like that. but how does how does the right to privacy protect the ending of a unique life? That's yeah. that's an odd argument to make. Yeah, so I don't even know how they really got there. That it's constitutional nonsense, regardless of your opinion on abortion, you know. But anyway, uh, here's um, here's Brian Sims going after teenage girls. The one. The brownest white chick you know, the, the teenage girl. A bunch of pseudo-Christian protesters who've been out here shaming young girls for being here. Hi. And so here's the deal. I've got $100 to anybody who will identify any of these three. So we're going to donate to Planned Parenthood. I'm going to donate to Planned Parenthood. So look, a bunch of more. white people standing out in front of a Planned Parenthood, Christ- shaming I'm people. Really There's sorry. nothing Christian about what you're doing. I'm nothing Christian at all about what you're doing. Okay. Wow, this must have backfired terribly. He seems so obnoxious. Well, it did go pretty crazy on Twitter. And then Brian Sims, that, that happens early in the week, or, you know, Sunday, Monday last week. By Tuesday night, Brian Sims posts on his Twitter account an apology, if you want to call it that. It's actually him basically apologizing to Planned Parenthood, saying, I'm sorry for interrupting your business, basically. This is what he had to say. As a Planned Parenthood volunteer and as a supporter, I fully understand, respect, and appreciate the non-engagement policy that they have. And I would never want to do anything that interfered with the care that they're providing to their patients. (laughs) As an activist and an advocate, I know why pushing back against harassment and discrimination are a must, even when they're uncomfortable. But last week, I wasn't a patient escort. I was a neighbor and a concerned citizen, and I was aggressive. I know that two wrongs don't make a right and I can do better and I will do better for the women of Pennsylvania. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. That prompts additional backlash or challenge. This obviously, the irony is of course, as I was mentioning, this uh, caused a lot more pro-life reaction than him just leaving the whole situation alone would have, would have otherwise done. So this caught the attention of a lot of pro-life activists, namely Abby Johnson of Unplanned fame. Did you see the movie yet? Got to check that one out. I Although, really don't want to see a movie on abortion. I, I guess it, don't. this one probably would upset you in all honesty, I'm but sensitive. it is, a, it is a good movie that people should check out. Um, anyway, uh, Abby Johnson catches on to this and says, hey, listen, I'll show up at that uh, that Planned Parenthood clinic on Friday and you can come and engage with me and we'll see how brave you are. And unsurprisingly, Brian Sims does not show up, but it turned into a pretty massive rally of a thousand people with only a few days notice, a thousand plus Brian Sims himself, not there, but. Uh, Abby Johnson was there. The mother of the kids uh, targeted that you saw in that clip there. She was also there. Both of them spoke. So this is what uh, Abby Johnson had to say. And I did not have to give up my education to be a mother. I did not have to give up my career to be a mother. It is time to refuse to choose. We will not choose between one or the other. We will respect both women and their children. 
and their femininity and their reproduction and their fertility. And we will continue to do it until clinics like this no longer exist and every woman who walks into a physician's office is actually treated with love and respect and care. And then this is the mother of, uh, of those teens who were targeted by Brian Sims. The firestorm of this week, I want you to know that I am so grateful. I'm so grateful because we are here today to witness the tangible fruit of incredible effort. And I know, I know that there are people who have been doing this work for decades and that they are not always given the gift of seeing the tangible fruit of their work. And so I am humbled and I am so incredibly grateful that here together we stand and we see the fruit of this work, that it matters, that God is moving in incredible ways, and that we're just along for the ride, that we are standing on the side of angels when we are here. Hmm. It's a hell of a lot of people there on such short notice. Uh, yeah, they seem so threatening and violent. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. Mm. They're all just there harassing and shaming people. As he, that was, that's what was interesting to me about Brian Sims' presentation. He insists that they're being, he insists that they were doing basically what he's doing to them, to other yeah. people, harassing them, being in their faces, whatever. This right, is dude, why it backfired so spectacularly. He, he has no evidence of that ever happening. Uh, if we're to believe the description of what these girls were doing, they were just praying outside of the clinic not being confrontational. The woman, the old woman he was harassing by his own description was talking to people and handing out leaflets. I'm guessing contextually that she was doing the old, you know, you have options bit for women walking into that clinic, handing them a piece of paper. That's about it. I imagine that as I mentioned, when we discussed uh, unplanned, what I appreciated so much was the tactics of the pro-life protesters depicted in the movie. That is to say they were very kind. They were very approachable. They, they reached out to these women out of compassion and not disdain. And they were able to, that's how they were able to convince Abby Johnson depicted here to their side yeah. by not demonizing her and harassing her. And granted, I'm not, even though she had had two abortions too. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's and, something that I do love about Christians. Uh, people act like they're so judgmental, but my experience with them is that they're very forgiving of, of people that have made, you know, even very terrible mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not to defend. Obviously I'm aware of some of the terrible things that have happened, throwing blood on women at abortion clinics, right. killing abortion doctors, that sort of thing. I'm not pretending, I'm not looking past those, but <laughs> what I have to say in this particular case, I don't see anything that any of these particular demonstrators did that was um, that was abusive to any of the women going into that it clinic. Seemed kind, yeah, yeah, mild manner. The other irony, of course, is Brian Sims is targeting those kids for doxing under the premise that he's raising money for Planned Parenthood. And he always mentions in his videos about how much money he donates to Planned Parenthood and how much he volunteers. Well, the parents of those girls who were targeted for doxing decided to start a GoFundMe to benefit the pro-life union of greater Philadelphia. They met their goal Thursday ahead of ahead of the rally on Friday, raising over one hundred thousand dollars for the organization. That's why I was saying wow. at the top of the show, there's probably no greater pro-life fundraiser in the state of Pennsylvania yeah, yeah. than Brian Sims. That is a delicious irony. Th this just occurred to me. This is so clown world. So a gay white man stopped a young Mexican minor from trying to stop people from funding primarily black people's abortions. <laughs> that and all the while he is 
telling these women that it's wrong to tell women what to do. And that, that, that was oh, the other detail <laughs> about this pro-life rally I forgot to mention. The idea presented to you that pro-lifers are all uh, woman-hating, uh, misogynist men or whatever else. All, there were 10 speakers at this rally. One of them was a man, Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. All the rest were women. Yeah. The idea that it's monolithically men and some patriarchal exploitation or, or domination of women, obviously not on display. Um, no word from Brian Sims yet on why he didn't show, but he has put his Twitter account on private in has the meantime, he really? so he's basically <laughs> shut it down. Uh, additionally, the last piece of uh, abortion-related material I wanted to discuss was this Alyssa Milano call for basically abstinence or a sex strike in Hollywood. Did you see this? Do you want to talk about this second assault? Oh, shit. I, I totally forgot. You're right. Thanks for keeping me... Thanks for keeping me on track with the notes because I don't want to skip this. There was, yeah, you're right. There was another pro-life or pro-choice assault. So in a related case of um, a violent campus outburst, we've seen a few of these so far. Remember the, the roundhouse kicker guy Ooh, and yeah. that, that one chick who went around pushing people in Canada too. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. That was at uh, another university in Toronto. Um, Anyway, a pro-life activist with a group called Created Equal was talking to people on campus at the University of North Carolina and was assaulted by a female pro-choice passerby in footage uh, uploaded to YouTube this week. The incident actually took place on April 2nd, but here's what that case looked like. Uh, no, we're going to get a downpour soon. It's going to come down in buckets. Yes. Yeah. Don't do that. Please. 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 You're a terrible stop. person. Stop. Whoa. Ma'am, stop that. You're a terrible stop. person. Stop. You just, you you just call the cops. This is not okay. Can you call the cops? You just physically this attack this. Okay. Ma'am, calm down. There's this no is reason. not okay. Shut the fuck up right yeah. now. This is wrong. Hi, I'm at the this pit. There's a woman that just punched uh. my friend uh, four or five times. She assaulted him. Ma'am, please stay on site. You assaulted him. It's you can't actually leave. Do we know what's gonna happen today? Will she be arrested or? That's what. Um, so, what we're discussing, um, what we're gonna do since it is a misdemeanor, um, instead of putting her handcuffs, dragging her off, all that stuff, we're gonna we're gonna cite her, which is the same thing as an arrest. No, it's an arrest put her in handcuffs. <laughs> um, which means she'll still have to go to court. You don't get to she'll watch that. To do all that. She's still being charged with the crime. Okay, she's just not being put in hand. Just so you know mm -hmm. that we're not putting her in handcuffs, but she is getting charged with the crime. Mm -hmm. um, but it will be a misdemeanor assault charge um, for what she did. The president of the organization created equal Mark Harrington said, quote, pro-abortion activists are losing the argument. And instead of seeking debate, they are escalating the violence on peaceful pre-born defenders on college campuses. We will never cave to acts of violence or intimidation. We will return hate with love for mothers and their babies. Oh, that is so sweet. Every time I see one of these clips, I just cannot believe that their their reaction, their instinct is not just to beat these women's faces in. It was a perfect opportunity for a moldy locks moment. And they for the didn't. patriarchy to strike. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't do it. They were just really nice. And like, ma'am, calm down. Ma'am, wait here. Like, good for them. That must have taken just a, an amazing amount of restraint. Speculation, but what are the odds you think that chick has had an abortion? A thousand percent. You think it, that? She got uh, super I emotional. I mean, she, you, she wanted to defend her decision, surely. I was talking about that case with my dad and then he's like, yeah, that, that seems like someone who probably had experience with this and had a very emotional reaction right. 
to what she must justify in her this head as the right thing. This is triggering. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I kind of feel bad for her. I mean, when you have a violent outburst like that because you have to defend something that you did, you've got to know that it's wrong. Seems so. Well, I know someone you won't feel bad for. It's and that's Alyssa Milano. Or actually, <laughs> better transition than... Um, than uh, Rosario I Dawson. I, I went blank. I was better transition. What's the uh, Bruce Jenner? That's what I was. Going oh, to. I thought you were going to say better the transition. I was like, than, that's not a better, better transition than the Colorado shoe. <laughs> no, we'll go with Bruce Jenner. <laughs> okay. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Don't want a dead name. Anyway, I mentioned this, uh, Alyssa Milano, actress and activist, me too lady. Allegedly. Uh, who knows if anyone me too's her these days. Anyway, uh, in response to Georgia passing a so-called heartbeat bill, and the governor signing it on Tuesday, making abortions illegal upon the detection of a heartbeat, which is approximately six weeks into the pregnancy. Alyssa Milano is urging women to take part in a sex strike. She tweeted out, quote, our reproductive rights are being erased until women have legal control over our own bodies. We just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. I'm calling for a sex strike. Pass it on. I love uh, it. I love it. This is a great <laughs> idea. It's like, are you even aware of the argument that you're making? Or so, w what's your appreciation? Are you, you just want Hollywood not reproducing, or you that? Like I mean, the abstinence thing prevents abortions. Also, if conservative men stop banging liberal women, then it just narrows the pool of women that they have to be with, and it's other conservative women who are better matches anyway. There will be more Sweet. marriages. Um, also, they're not. She's not really doing anything though, because most of these women that are going to give up sex are gross trolls. Yeah, they uh, they have life. not been eligible or they've not been courted in some time. And now they're presenting this as though they're in control of their lives oh. when they, in fact, are not. It's when like they, are, these... in fact, are in, in need of an ambulance ride to the Blondes Disease ER <laughs> stat. Some of these uh, swimsuit issue women. I'm going to not have <laughs> sex with anybody. You'll see. The, the, it's like you read the tweet. It's like. In other words, okay, abstinence ensures no pregnancy and abstinence is an option that someone can choose until they're ready for the responsibility of reproduction. Yeah. I know. I know. It's like you should be on board with the pro-lifers. I mean, <laughs> I guess her focus was that she was thinking that it's really going to mess men up. Uh, well, it, again, I think the, the women who are inclined to partake in this, they could partake fully and the amount of sexual activity in this country would remain unchanged. Let's put it that way. Right. And jokes on them anyway, because all the hot guys are on the right. It's like you're, you're going to only have these soy boys from which to choose, but I guess they're saying have sex with nobody. Right. I guess, I guess that's the angle, but or is it I, just I not think, having sex with conservatives? I think she presumes wrongly. Oh, it's an abstinence call. Uh, I think she right. presumes wrongly as we were mentioning that, that, Basically, all women are on her side on this when there's a healthy percentage, if not 50 percent, who disagree strongly with her perspective on the so-called right to terminate your pregnancy. Insane. I mean, people shouldn't be having sex with liberal women anyway. Fair, yeah, there's a lot of things to appreciate about about how this goes. So we'll see. I, I don't know who's participating. Uh, I saw Bette Midler is the other name. Oh, no. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> my chances are gone. I'll never I'll never be able to get the experience. <laughs> Alyssa Milano and Bette Midler. All right. I'll, I'll delay no longer because I know you're excited to talk about it. Uh, so super ben, excited. Should we take a break or? 
Mm, uh, well, let's take a brief. We'll take a brief one because I do want to okay. get to this. But yeah, it's going to be long since there's um, lots to talk about. Joshy boy, the garbage disposal is a metaphor for AOC's career. Ain't that the truth? Mm. Oh, I can't read this one, Kevin. I can't. I will read your one about Cory Booker, which is pretty funny. Um, Mr. M. Reed. Hey, lovely blonde and Matt. I would love to have you both on my little channel sometimes. Would you guys perhaps be up to it? I sent an email to Matt but never heard back. Topic accelerated collapse. Maybe. Um, I've been doing some interviews lately. I'll have to check my inbox. Perhaps I did not see it. Wang Chaco. Greetings from your residential blackie. I didn't say it. He said it. I uh, just wanted to say happy Mother's Day to all the vaginas out there. Shout out to DC area for being badass. And thanks to Matt and Blonde for all you do. Everyone be well i can't believe i just said blackie that's no he said it yeah 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 marquad Alyssa milana called for a sex strike to block the georgia heartbeat bill anyway we can convince these third wave feminists to make that permanent um their appearance is doing a pretty good job of making it permanent. yeah uh matt settle a bet ben swears you had on some neocon as a guest host a while back roaming something but i told him that's just blonde. Who's right? I've modified that a little bit. That's not exactly what he said. Um, oh, okay. Boogeyman I was going to say, I don't fully get it, but... I think he's talking about Roman Limit. Uh, yeah, no, but I don't... I guess I just don't... Uh, how heavily did you edit? Uh, just, Pretty heavily. You should read right, it. Keep, um, Boogeyman917 says, Muslims gonna Muslim. Ain't that the truth? Mandatory carry. Mandatory carry saves lives. Prove me wrong. Hmm. We won't on this show. Orwell's goon. Shapiro's a cuck, but he's right about one thing, which the, the Democrats do not understand, especially AOC. The executive branch is just as much a check on the legislator as they are in the executive. Um, well, I think that'll change as soon as they're back in executive yeah. power, because it's not principle for them. It's just how it works in their favor. Bridge burner bear. Keep up the amazing work. And God bless both of you. God bless you as well. well. Thank you. Um, I-B-B-O-T-P-N. Thanks for all the sanity. Thank you for the donation. Um, Marty McFly, 88 miles per hour. Oh, and Benjamin has lost his damn mind. Maybe he's found his mind. Maybe he's the only one living in a sane reality and we've all lost our minds. How about that? All I know is that the Jews are behind the moon landing. That's what <laughs> Owen Benjamin has taught me. I don't know what to tell you. I love watching <laughs> Owen Benjamin's streams. I watch the hoaxed moon day. landing, by the way. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Derek Finley finally caught the show live. I love the show and can't wait until you hit the big time and get your hit piece one day. Maybe mm. he'll get it for that Jew comment he just made. Hmm. Um, bridge burner bear Owen De Benjamin has definitely not lost his mind. That is ridiculous. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Um, JS says Chuck E 2009, most recent videos. Is that a uh, I don't know. I don't know what the reference is. I don't know either. I'm sorry. Uh, Albertus Magnus 44. There's no such thing as transgender. This is a buzzword created to mask a mental disorder. I am also inclined to agree. Matthew Rowley, another suspected religion of peace shooting at a Catholic church, killing six. If you can legally, I suggest my, did this just happen? My fellow uh, Catholics are attending mass armed legally. Keep up the good work, guys. I know I was at mass the other day and I was just thinking like the whole time. I'm like, somebody could just come in from behind. We'd all be turned around. It could blow us away. Maybe I'm just cynical. Yeah, this, this happened today. Forgive me because I get lost in the stories that we're covering and I don't necessarily um, look at, look at breaking news while we're prepping the show. Man. Oh, sorry. My stream froze for a second. All right. My computer's going crazy. But yeah, it looks like this This uh, is a thing that is, Where? has happened. Where? Where uh, international, it looks like. I had to close the window because it was causing my computer to seize up. So I got rid of it. Oh, bug in my ear. Um, Saint says, good evening, bitches. I may have changed my name, but that doesn't change my love for the show. And I mean that in a very 
homo way blonde after the show check out at least for the at the very least for the summary the psychopaths always keep it classy I, you guys are always throwing reference at me that i'm not familiar with i'm sorry um let's just do a few more albertus magnus 44 gun control is intended to fail to justify banning all private ownership of guns yes hmm. blackwing 02 a gun license turns into a privilege fuck booker deal with societal issues and you'll see a dramatic de decrease in not just gun violence but all violence that is also yeah. true uh, Kevin Flanagan, this is the one about Cory Booker. Cory Booker is gay and African. Between those two, the chance that he won't be dead from AIDS by November 2020 is zero to none. <laughs> God, Somebody dude. got their message deleted. And then last one for right now um, is Q-tip392. Every time I look into a problem that the Democrats are complaining about, I think they are in charge and ignoring it, or they started the cause of the issue. That's probably true. I, we, we're all getting pretty conspiratorial, but I'm willing to go there now. I will uh, check in with Streamlabs at the end of the show. And uh, meanwhile, I'll say thank you to Donald Trump, Whiskey, and Inked over on DLive for being our top contributors at the moment. Thanks for uh, tuning in and, and supporting the show on DLive. All right, let's talk Shapiro. Of course, he's always been a controversial figure on this show. Uh, and uh, this will be a continuation of that theme. <laughs> so... This interview went viral this weekend. Ben Shapiro appears on the BBC with host Andrew Neal about his new book, The Right Side of History. Neal is very adversarial in this interview, which Ben attributes to leftism. It should be noted, however, that Neal apparently is a conservative. I don't, I'm not familiar with Neal, but Neal is a British conservative from what I understand. I don't know what that means. We just don't American know who terms. he is because he's so much less famous than Ben Shapiro. That was rough. That was a rough moment in this uh, in this interview. Anyway, um, the the whole thing the, the whole interview is sixteen minutes long. I would encourage people to check it out. It's worth a watch. But at the end, Ben Too quits the interview. To watch the whole thing. Yeah, because he, he quits at the end. He he takes off his mic and basically rage quits the interview. Uh, I've I've tried to include as much as I can here to be uh, as contextually fair as possible. So we'll have to pause throughout. We got about four or so minutes to get oh, through. God. But this this was uh, a pretty interesting piece of viewing. So let's uh You clipped in the Michelle Fields shit. I know you did. No, I didn't. Oh, I, we didn't even God. have time to get into Michelle Fields because well, we've we been over that. We should mention that he started like he started talking about why he left Breitbart and he was like, and then Michelle Fields, who was bruised terribly by Corey Lewandowski, yeah. and then he denied that he bruised. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. I was listening to this like Matt must be losing his damn mind. I know. Right I, I can't believe it. I, I don't have time to get into that. <laughs> so we're going to get into the rest of it. Here's how the interview goes. I think that it is it is intellectual uh, intellectual sneering of the highest order to suggest that only the left has, has new and decent ideas. Some of the ideas that are popular in your side of politics uh, would seem to take us back to the dark ages. Well, what and, I'm and asking you is that why is it that a bill banning abortions after a woman has been pregnant for six weeks is not a return to the dark ages? What's your answer? Wait, wait, My answer is something called... Yeah. So he also said before that a woman is can get 30 years for having a miscarriage. You know I don't think that's about true. That? Well, of he, course, the, it's not it's, true. But... It's these people are fear are fearful that 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 this law will create that. How? Uh, How? I'm not for, I'm not completely familiar with the law, but I imagine it makes a distinction between an involuntary miscarriage and an intentional abortion. Yeah. Okay. So there is yeah. some obvious mischaracterization of this Georgia bill. And and it. As you'll see in a moment, Ben is interpreting this guy as basically endorsing these views. This guy's going to come back and say, no, it's my job to play devil's advocate and push back against you, regardless of whether I agree. 
make you draw your own conclusions about who you buy more. I'm not saying this interviewer is perfect, right. but the interviewer does explain what he's doing to Ben and, and Ben continues to insist he's a leftist, but that's kind of the direction this goes. Science, human life exists at conception. It ought to be protected. Now back to my question to you. You purport to be an objective journalist. BBC purports to be an objective down the middle network. Why don't you just say that you're on the left? Is this so hard for you? Why can't you just be honest? <laughs> Mr. Seriously, Shapiro, I, it's a serious question. Mr. Shapiro, if you only knew how ridiculous that statement is, you wouldn't have said it. As you say in your book, one. you say that there's a... Well, uh, I would have to see this interviewer interview a leftist to form my opinion. Does he do this he to everyone? He was being insufferable. He was mischaracterizing this Georgia bill. Um, he was trying to box him into biased answers. Like when I when I first started watching this, I'm like, oh my God, I want to... It's like a swift kick in the nuts to this interviewer. It was infuriating me. I need to know if he's this adversarial to everyone or only right-wing people. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But he does give you an explanation as to why he's doing it. The key phrase, we are so angry at each other right now. But as I say, aren't you part of that anger? Aren't you encouraging that anger? For example, you just you described Mr. Obama's State of the Union address in 2012 as fascist mentality in action. Is it charged language in politics? Sure. The problem that I have is not with charged language in politics, which I'm generally in favor of. That's the wording of, of President Trump's 2012 address was Obama, obviously. Yeah. bad and wrong. That's all. There are plenty of things that are bad and wrong, but it doesn't make them fascist. Well, I suppose that's true. But if you would like to, again, if you'd like to read me the column out loud, I suppose I can critique it for you. The Jews who vote for Obama are, by and large, Jews in name only. Ginos, you call them. The point that I am making is that most Jews who are ethnically Jewish are not religiously Jewish in no. any context. No, no, no. The point you were making is that Jews who vote for Obama are Jews in name only. Yes, that is correct. The Jews who voted for President Obama, by and large, cared about Judaism far less than they did about other priorities. Did you said they should correct. turn their badge in as a Jew? Yes, I believe that if you are a, I believe that if you are somebody who takes Judaism seriously, that comes along with ideological, ideological commitment. Because, okay, oh I know my you, God, I know oh you God. have some thoughts about this. Well, yeah. I have heard Ben Shapiro say identity politics is evil nobody should engage in identity politics here he is saying that an ethnic jew that doesn't conform to domestic and foreign policy that supports israel um needs to have their jew card revoked an ethnic jew and he's that's, talking about ideological conformity how is that not engaging in identity that's politics? the thing is it's the very definition of identity politics Usually the distinction that's drawn is, well, listen, I'm talking about ideological identity politics as opposed to ethnic. But in this case, he says explicitly ethnic. And to the point that they're going back and looking at old tweets, yes, I agree that that's an old, old, old quotes and things. Generally, that's underhanded. However, the way that this is happening is he's saying, listen, you, you talk about the need not to be angry and divisive. You've participated in this sort of angry divisiveness in the past. What would you say about it now? Ben is free, as he does to some of these comments, say, listen, that was stupid. I don't agree with that. And it's it's who I was in the past. And sure, maybe I was part of the problem that I'm seeking to fix now, but I, I've seen the light and I want to change my ways. In this case, he's doubling down on that comment of saying right, right. an ethnic Jew who's not on board with my ideological worldview is not, in fact, a Jew. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And he's That's constantly odd. talking about identity politics uh, as it pertains to religion and ethnicity, but saying that he needs conformity or at a, at, a, at a minimum alignment for you to even qualify 
as a Jew. And he mm. does specify um, the sp some, he talks about some specific policy, he talks about Iran and other threats to Israel. Yeah. He's not just talking like generally about supporting Obama. He's talking about protecting Israel. Hmm. Well, there's more. He goes into that famous tweet about uh, Arabs like to blow stuff up and live in sewage. It was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> backtracks Because your book is uh, a criticism of uh, how angry America is and how America has to do better. I'm yeah, simply trying to I've point said. out some of the things you, you've said that seem to me to help to stoke that anger. For example, you said sure. Israelis like to build. Arabs like to bomb crap and live in open sewage. Well, as I say in an article entitled, here's a list of all the giant bad dumb things I've ever said. Was that, that, was list that includes, dumb? What, yes, that's a dumb tweet. It's not all Arabs that want to live in open sewage and blow things up. It's just Palestinians, you went on to say. No, it's, a, no, it's, a, and, no, and it's just the said, ones who take sides and against Israel in the Israel-Palestinian Israel Palestinian population conflict. is rotten to the core, you went on to say. Not Hamas. I, by, I guess... If you want to read... Con you know, honestly, uh, th this is a giant waste of time. It's Okay, now the rage oh. quit juices are flowing and it starts <laughs> to go so there. Hard to Prepare yourself for the line that you've been referencing that I think is the low point of not just it's, this interview, but bad. potentially a low point of Ben's career. And again, I say this as someone who very much admires his show and, and still admires the guy, but this, this is a rough one. Seems to me that simply going through and finding lone things that sound bad out of context and then hitting them with, and then hitting people He's with right them about that. is a way for you to make a quick buck on BBC off the fact that I'm popular and no one has ever heard of you. I get, the point I'm trying to make is that your words are hardly designed to produce the consensus and understanding that the book seems to want to produce. You write about, you know, Judeo-Christian culture and so on, but so much of what you've said in the past would seem to turn its back on Judeo-Christian culture. You're lecturing me on Judeo-Christian culture after you call the pro-life position barbaric? I, I just really? asked you a question. But my point is your book claims that society- Well, it'd be society, nice if you would quote it from time to time. Your book is, well, actually I've done so several times and I'm about to do so again, if you would let me just finish the question. Your book uh, frankly, claims I don't think that society you know honestly, is turning honestly, its back sir? on Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, this is, what are those values what, uh, that it's, what, what are the values it's turning its back on? I, I you know, I, I'm not inclined to continue an interview with a person as badly motivated as you as an interviewer. So I think we're done here. I appreciate your time. All sir. right. Thank you well, so much. We, thank you for your time and oh uh, for showing that anger is not part of American political discourse. Now, Mr. He's Shapiro, literally shaking. Did you see him? <laughs> now, before um, we break into before we get into breaking it down, I do want to acknowledge that Ben tweeted about this. This is the only response that I've seen so far. He says just pre-taped. This was uh, he posted this. What Thursday? He said just pre-taped an interview with BBC's Andrew Neil. As I'm not familiar with him or his work, I misinterpreted his antagonism as political leftism. He termed the pro-life position in America, quote, barbaric. And for that, I and that was apparently inaccurate. For that, I apologize. There was a fair amount of editorializing. I'm with Ben on that. He did mischaracterize the Georgia bill and call something that's you know totally reasonable barbaric and that would return us to the dark ages. That was a incredibly hyperbolic. Well, here's here's the the counterpoint to that uh, because I think there's a question of to what do you attribute? Do you do you say and that BBC's that's notoriously his, leftist too? So yeah, I can see how this is that his political motive or is that just him being an antagonist? I'll have to evaluate Andrew Neil to figure that out. But but if those points that he's making are so silly, all the easier to dunk on, all the easier to say why they're ridiculous. And if Ben was expecting a nonpartisan interview, I mean, he knows BBC is partisan. He, he obviously knows that. He knows what he's getting into. He wasn't and, expecting the interrogation about Judaism, though. 
and his tweets on that. That uh, does seem to what that does seem like it's what put him in a more emotional state, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I can grant all of Ben's points. I could say, yeah, maybe he is politically motivated. Yeah, BBC is a partisan network. I still don't think this is an effective tactic. I, th- I still think you gain much more. Uh, you, you persuade a lot more people and you come off as a lot more credible if you explain why the things he's saying are ridiculous. Exactly, And it is a really common tactic. It's a bullshit tactic, but it's a common tactic for somebody to dig up every controversial thing you've ever said. However, then, but, yeah, but yes, he knew going into a BBC interview, if, if they are in fact this leftist, which and they to are, his credit, he should he- prepare himself for that. He has prepared on his website, as he mentioned, a whole list of things he's said in the past that he no longer agrees with. That's We've all fine. said stuff that we no longer agree with. However, though, the, I don't think Andrew Neal's approach here was just digging up old stuff for the sake of smearing. I think it was pursuant to the argument that Ben is making in his book. And I say this as someone who's not read the book. Neither so have I'm, I. Yeah. I'm taking Andrew Neal's characterization of it as accurate to the extent that Ben did not dispute that characterization. But... What's happening here is Ben is making an argument about the state of our discourse and the interviewer is responding saying, well, you've polluted that discourse in a way that you now rip. What is your response? I can see how Ben would interpret that as underhanded and badly motivated, but I think this particular interviewer has a better explanation for why he's doing that than, than sometimes than, than happens with the dirty, dirty smear merchants in Sargon's case. In Sargon's case, he's not making an argument about how bad tweets are polluting society or bad uh, adversarial uh, takes like that are polluting society. That's Ben's argument with the guy responding to it with challenge. And I think that's yeah. different. Maybe we should just attribute this to, to him having an off day. Which though. I do. Yeah. I, yeah. Like if we had to appear on camera as much as Ben Shapiro, I would be acting a fool. It's hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard, especially in situations that you and I would never put ourselves in. That said, if I, <laughs> If I um, learn anything from this, it's never to go down that route of I'm popular and you're not. Oh, no. That's oof, that's a rough one. And I, uh, that's why I say it was probably a career low for him. Uh, that I, I, I hope never to say something like that. That's not an facts don't care about your popularity. Well, he would have been way better off point. if he was like, I don't agree with this anymore. Or if he would have said, uh, you know, I think that Jewish people need to stand together irrespective of political orientation. Uh, mm. Although that would have been counter to my identity politics ar- argument anyway. Yeah. I don't know really how we could have gotten out of that one. I, I will say that I, I just hope he addresses it a little more thoroughly. I did listen on Friday. I don't, uh, as, uh, I don't think He'll he be addressed fine. it. He's going to bounce this one. I mean, I, I was yeah. reading the comments and they weren't even that critical of him there's a lot of people who are more on the other side of this way more critical of the interviewer and i understand that too i i understand why he interpreted his motives the way that he did i don't think that that's insane yeah but i i do think that when you're walking into the uh the lion's den like that you sort of know what you're getting into and i I just i don't buy an explanation that he's surprised by the antagonism like you should have anticipated the antagonism there's a lot of people out there saying well this is what happens when ben goes up against someone who's not a college freshman yeah fair enough he does a lot of college tours and stuff well i didn't get supremely educated out of either of these opponents in this it it just seemed like they were at kind of a a gridlock it was actually really annoying to watch it made me hate both of them (laughs) you have to take your pick about what andrew neal is too is he like a i don't know anything about him well the the people who are ripping ben like is this an example of a leftist actually destroying ben or is this just two conservatives one of whom's grilling the other from a perspective of devil's advocacy right right, right. i don't I mean, know enough about andrew neal to say 
I did appreciate it because what he was describing is identity politics. And we've talked about this ad nauseum on this show. Are we going to allow only certain groups to engage in identity politics and it's not going to be allowed for everybody? That's no, everybody can engage in identity politics or nobody can. And since everybody already does, then everybody's going to be able to do this. Yeah. I mean, imagine that ethnic white people who voted for Obama need to turn in their white card because they, they voted against, they don't take their, their, they don't no. take the ideological commitments of their ethnicity seriously. Right. Enough. And it reminded yeah. me, I think it was Alana Omar. I might be wrong about that. What she said about Ayanna Ursi Ali, who had a clitoral circumcision. Hmm. I'm talking about revoking her woman card. People were up in arms about that. Yeah. Um, I think that that was a shocking thing to say. Hmm. Well, um, you know, again, I, I'm still going to listen and I still appreciate him. I, I try to take I try to take note of stuff like this, though. So hopefully I don't make the same mistakes. I just mistakes. hate watching although, interviews like this. It reminds me of I, the Kathy Newman interview, too, where I'm just like, Ugh. although Ben or the Jordan Peterson killed it in that interview. Yeah. But it's just I hate watching these adversarial interviews they they exhaust me mentally that's the trouble too is like the bigger your profile gets the more you set yourself up for this type of falling on your face periodically and i'm sure and it it, happens it's gonna happen to us i'm sure and i'm sure someone will break down what i've said on this podcast in contrast to how i perform in that future interview and they'll probably be right and we've said some cringy stupid things on this podcast for sure yeah so i'm trying to be as fair to ben as i can and i i just I hope that he acknowledges this and maybe has some lessons learned from what happened. Would you acknowledge it though? I would say nothing until it blew over and then keep moving on. I don't know, man. It was it was trending on Twitter. It was like the number one topic. Over it was trending on yeah, Twitter. It was, a, it was a big deal because all of these people, Why? all of these progressives, because Ben has been pro- uh, propped up as the leftist destroyer, I think for good reason by a lot of people. And so any sniff of him actually having an off moment is going to be sensationalized as this was. And I'm not even saying the people who are saying he had an off moment are wrong. I I agree that he did, but I will take this in the context of his broader work, which is quite honestly, very good in an adversarial or debate context. That's why I'm so surprised. He's not a guy that just, you know, throws in the towel and walks away. That's pretty uncommon. Uh, from what I've seen, but for well, whatever he reason, was really he... boxed in. I don't know what he was going mm. to say that was going to salvage uh, any kind of defense that was going to uh, salvage just his integrity. TV interview, just sit tight for like two minutes until you're off the air. Or say, you know, I was wrong about X, Y, and Z. Yeah, or that, or that. You're allowed to do that too. But that's the thing is I don't think he thinks those takes were wrong. And to Andrew Neal's point, some of those takes are in contradiction with what it sounds like he's arguing in the book. That's yeah. something to square. I don't think that's unfair to ask about, though I do understand how digging up old tweets looks malicious. And I disagree that we, you know, also coming from, this was hypocritical coming from the interviewer who is like clearly has this adversarial nature, trying to blame Ben for creating an environment of anger in politics while he's being an adversarial journalist. It's like, that's horseshit too. Right, but it's Ben's argument, not the not the journalist's argument. That's the problem. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. Ben's saying in his book, I haven't read it, so I don't know. He's saying that we need to take anger out of politics. Or that our discourse is too angry generally. Again, I'm taking the journalist characterization that Ben does not dispute as accurate. I have mm. not read it for myself, but Ben seems to grant that argument. So I take it that that's what he said. Yeah, that's fair. That's mm. fair. Oof. Anyway, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But uh, all right. Um, there's no... <laughs> Maybe there is a transition here. 
will will transition better than Desmond's mom is forcing upon her son, although he's not transgender. Desmond is not, says his mom, Wendy Lou. But thank you to everybody who oh, messaged Wendy me Lou. this week about uh, the case of Desmond, the now 11-year-old drag kid we have been chronicling on this show with each and every update for the last couple of years now, since he was only nine-year-old drag kid, Desmond. Well, Desmond has a new shoe deal with Converse. So Converse uh, puts out an ad um, or, or a promotional on Monday that announces they are partnering with six LGBTQ WNBA BBQ LMNOP activists to promote a new line of shoes known as the Pride Collection. Ah. Oh. Yeah, this group includes Desmond, of course. Uh, in Desmond's feature on the website, there he is, you can click on him and his quote about LGBTQ pride is that uh, he says, quote, there is no normal. And he's got the uh, the rainbow colored Chuck 70s pride uh, low top as the Desmond signature sneaker. No, no. Uh, it's not clear if Converse is paying Desmond's family. Desmond's mom has uh, long claimed they don't take money for Desmond's quote expression as a drag kid. However, we do know based on her GoFundMe that she doesn't work, uh, Wendy Lou. Remember, they, she said, my husband was fired or lost his job and I don't work, so we need money to support Desmond's lifestyle. So we can pimp him out to New York gays a little bit more. There's no comment And they live in the city too, by the way. Yeah, I'm skeptical that there's no financial exchange between Converse and Desmond's family. Uh, move to New Jersey, for real. All I know is this is going to be very awkward when Desmond kills his family in a few years. And this I, whole... as I've said before, will donate to his defense. <laughs> Exonerated in full. For real. This yeah. is child abuse. This is like um, that case of uh, Gypsy. She killed her mom because her mom had Munchausen's and like made hmm. her live in a wheelchair. She only got 10 years, like 10 years for Desmond when he kills both of his parents. That seems too much. It does seem too much. Yeah. Desmond, if you do it before you're 16, you won't be tried as an adult. I'm just oh, my God, dude. Now you're, you're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> this is not advocacy. This is point of fact. FBI guy listening in. <laughs> no one is advocating this happen. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, the one thing you might take comfort in is the tweet in question. The promotional tweet from Converse is massively ratioed. They always are. So it's 285 likes, more than 2,500 mostly critical replies to this Converse tweet. So people are not liking it. I'm told, I don't know if this is 100% accurate. I'm told Converse is owned by Nike. So I hope you weren't oh buying my Converse God, are you to boycott Nike. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, Adidas and Under Armour, don't screw me over now. I, can't, I need shoes from somebody. I don't, again, I will acknowledge in full. I don't care if exploited Asian children make them in a sweatshop. I just don't want 11-year-old, not transgender drag kids making no. them. That's where I draw the line. Draw the and line. no Colin Kaepernick's either. God no. damn it. Is it no, I mean, it is... Um, I was talking with some friends about this. I feel like I have to wave the white flag in terms of political opposition to consuming certain products it's like every time i go get ice cream at the grocery store i'm like god damn it i want some of that ben and jerry's but i can't support that <laughs> i can't support pedophilia that. i think that's a pretty uh, good line to draw well there's a good argument that this is straight up child abuse it for sure and is. child yeah. abuse of course being one of the worst moral shortcomings 
any any person can have, let alone a corporate endorsement of it. There, there's an argument this goes beyond politics, as in to say what the tax rate ought to be or something like that. It's about the commercial exploitation of the exploitation of a child. Um, that said, I just said I don't care about Chinese kids exploited in sweatshops. Yeah, so how are you going to circle that square? I'll have some thinking to do. I, I, you know, after you've asked such a bad faith question, I'm calling the show <laughs> over. I'm out of here. I don't want anything to do with this. I'm just going to move on. I'm going to move on to the Sports Illustrated Diversity mm. edition of the swimsuit publication they have. Tell annually. me more about how fat chicks are hot. Uh, well, the, apparently that you're going to arrive at that viewpoint on your own after you see this body positive model, whatever she's called. Anyway, for the Is 29 she the one entry, posed like a beach whale. Yeah, that's the only pose she can do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think she can do anything else from the or for the 19, 2019 entry of its annual swimsuit edition. Sports Illustrated is celebrating diversity, saying, quote, there's beauty in diversity, in inspiration, and in rethinking all you thought you knew about the swimsuit issue. This celebration of diversity first includes body positive model Hunter McGrady, who says all encompassing representation in media is important for many reasons. The main reason being that the more we shed a positive light on any and all stereotypes, we increase the chance that they may be eradicated. As a society, we see ourselves through a social lens, and because of that, it is imperative to see images each of us can relate to. That's so <laughs> stupid. She's literally posing. Are you on the beach whale shot? I think this is probably the, be the beached whale shot you were referring to. Uh, yeah. Um, the thing that upsets me the most about this is that all the fat chicks in this have pretty faces, and there's something like uniquely sad about seeing hmm. a fat woman with a pretty face. It's like, just lose like lose the weight you've got you've you've got it in your face apparently she's 240 pounds that is to me two blondes two blondes she is um, five inches taller and that's me. three me no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's only like well that is seriously speaking that's 40 pounds on me that's gigantic that's a gigantic lady this is a and, huge oh did you get to picture nine go to picture nine. Oh, is it in this slideshow thing it's the second link in the show notes. Yeah, but are you nine of thirty-five? Are yeah, you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let me get through it. Oof. Oh Oof. boy. Oh, and that's damn. that's touched up, man. Seriously. Well, I assume that that is a, a photo for publication. Think she's married to a white guy? I I don't know. Maybe she's participating in the Alyssa Milano sex strike. For all I know. Uh... Did you see the 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 subtitle under the the first picture in the article? Sports Illustrated wrote Hunter McGrady weighs in on the importance of Ooh. diversity. What? Come on. <laughs> what oh, is geez. that? I can't believe that they didn't see the pun there, but maybe they didn't. Anyway, the, she um, she's not the only diversity uh, example in the in the swimsuit edition. Also included is hijab and burkini model Halima Aden or Aden the first model to wear a hijab and burkini in the magazine. She is Somali, born in Kenya at a refugee camp. She's also the person you'll remember um, who competed in the Miss Minnesota USA pageant wearing a hijab. She was the first to do so. Her photo shoot for the Sports Illustrated Diversity Edition, Swimsuit Edition, was, uh, was taken in, or the photo shoot itself was in Kenya, where she was born. She said, quote, I keep thinking back to six-year-old me, 
in this same country, uh, the six-year-old me who was in a refugee camp. So to grow up and live the American dream and to come back to Kenya and shoot for SI in the most beautiful parts of Kenya, I don't think that's a story that anybody could make up. To which I thought, well, um, at least she doesn't hate this country. (laughs) Of all the quotes in the world, I was like, all right. She's a pretty face too. But don't be fooled. In a number of Muslim countries, she would have her head chopped off or get stoned just for the the quality of these photos. Hmm. I can see um, the outline of your body. She's yeah. pretty. She's pretty. Oh, for sure. If you look at some of the photos of her from her Instagram and stuff, it's like, yeah, she's clearly a very pretty woman. But uh, you know, I, at I guess... least she's not fat. No, fair enough. At least she's fit. But but speaking of the um, the body positive model, the one thing that she said too that I wanted to touch on when she says it's important that these these people be relatable, and it's like, no, the exact opposite is important. That they are the ideal to which we all aspire. Yeah, I want to look at Sports Illustrated and feel bad about myself. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. I I don't look I want to look in there and think like, yeah, that's basically me because otherwise I'll consult a mirror. Like I don't need Sports Illustrated to show me pictures of me. Yeah, I need them to show me pictures of like human as close to human physical perfection as possible in this case the the ideal to which we should all aspire that's such a back some of these chicks were so, pretty conventionally hot and, hmm. uh, you know i didn't go through the entire uh the entire list so how much diversity are we talking prego about? in there too how pregnant like seven months pregnant hmm. okay uh but she could she could definitely uh eliminate that child at any point no problem <laughs> <laughs> yes no issue there uh yeah, I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm very eager to see what the decline in sales will be. I'm putting the bar at 50%. 50% uh, sales decline. Yeah, nobody wants this. Now, it, I think they're trying to appeal to women. They don't want to be like a... Yeah, the a women aren't going to buy that. Magazine. And this, the, the editor is, in fact, a woman. She's been in place since 2014. Why? Isn't the editor of, of uh, GQ also a woman? Well, this is the editor specifically of the swimsuit edition, I believe, not Sports Illustrated generally. But she's been doing this for five years, I guess. So I don't know what the sales data look like over that five-year span. But this that is, is funny. If, if How the, to tank if the, your company. I'll have to look this up. The, you're saying the editor of Gentleman's Quarterly? Is, I think it is a woman, yeah. Okay. GQ editor. Let's see what we got here. Uh, it says Jim Nelson. Oh, really? Am I wrong about that? What am I thinking be, about? It might be something chat. else. Or maybe there was one in the past. Well, that's good, at least. Oh, now it says Jim Nelson is leaving after a 15-year run in September. So maybe he's not on. Maybe he's not out yet. I might have just made that up. Anyway, well, yeah, I don't have time to fact check this. It's time to get out of here because I have to see what the hell if is Game of Thrones actually going to get interesting tonight? Are they going to salvage the season? Are they going to kill Daenerys like they should? Because she's I think something something like that is going. This is the last episode they have to put a real surprising twist into the season. So we'll see okay. if it goes down. All right, let's catch up with Super Chat before we get out of here. Uh, far too hard. The same people saying no one wants to ban guns are the same who said we'll never see tank running over people in Venezuela. Yeah, really. Hmm. Albertus Magnus 44. Hey, Matt, I have a Springfield M 1903 with a barrel stamp of December 1912. Sweet. 3006. If you ever come to California, you're welcome to try it out. Before they ban them. That's awesome, though. Yeah, I'd love to give that a shot. And, and uh, congratulations on having that. That's cool. Karen Strawn, my 16-year-old son, who's 6'3 and not totally gross, asked me to put in a word with you, blonde. He thinks you're very 
50. Wow. Ooh, I can't believe she's got a 16 year old kid. Mm. Karen looks great. Um, I have no idea how old she is. Uh, reality lapse. That sounded mean. I didn't. I, didn't, but, <laughs> I don't think so. But she's, that, she has a 16 a year old kid. She's got to be in her 40s then. I thought she was definitely in her 30s. I don't know. You know how we could resolve this? Ask By her? Karen coming on our show. I know, Karen. Responding to something else. Thank you, Karen. Uh, we Welcome shame. anytime, of course. Uh, reality lapse. A great show, Blonde. Matt and I once made love, and he was not niggardly with his tenderness. <laughs> That's super gay. Uh, Thank you. Ionescentity. You guys, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, survived almost dying this week and relaxing in a show so I can recharge for the week. Really glad I'm here and hanging out with you tonight. Us too. I don't know how you almost died, but don't do it again, whatever. Yeah, I hope that's not a sincere statement, but. Iamafego, you, you guys can't get me twice, but I'm going to read this anyway. I once broke my G-string while fingering A minor. Blonde, 2019. <laughs> oh, wow. A minor. That took me a, a second. A minor. Gotcha. A fat hooligan. Brian Sims is a piece of shit. $10 changed my mind. We won't. Doesn't matter. I'm sure she would have clothed more children if his precious clinic hadn't killed so many children. Why did I laugh? That's not funny. <laughs> that's, that's the odd thing, though. It's like, oh, you don't even take care of children. You're talking about killing them, dude. Yeah. What? What? I, I, the, the levels of... I was so amazed by just the total lack of self-awareness on... on it was an onion of lacking yeah. self-awareness. Many, many layers to peel back. It was unbelievable. Uh, Nicholas Van Neel, that hooting from pro-lifer sounds suspiciously female. Must be internalized misogyny. Hmm. Definitely. It's the only explanation. They need Brian Sims to beat the correct ideas yeah, into really. them. They need a forceful man to take control of the situation so, so that women that can have control. Gay men have beards now, too. It was meticulously groomed. I probably should have been suspicious. Hmm. Uh, he is gay, right? Yes. He's an LGBTQ activist, he describes himself as. I guess that doesn't mean much anymore. Um, Jason Barsamian, I'm pro-choice, but it's increasingly difficult to be so with the left being so gay. Upside down. Stop doing this to me. I can't. <laughs> is I... that the new thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, that's That's part of it for me, too, is like, as someone who considered myself on that side, it comes with so much freaking baggage now. Like stuff I, yeah. listen, I have a hard time defending my former perspective, which was not on board with all this late term nonsense that they're talking about now. Yeah. Now that nowadays though, pro-choice lumps you in with these crazies who are saying things that I can't, that I can't defend at all. I'm not saying that you can't be, but you have to apply a lot of asterisks to that term. It's not that pro-life doesn't, I mean, you might have to put an asterisk as an asterisk on it. Like I said earlier, I'm not for killing of abortion doctors or something like that. But you sure are I, talking a lot. All right. The the point is the baggage on the left right now is a lot to carry. Yeah, yeah that's true. I can't and I can't carry it. Karen is 48. Wow. Man. I'm an age like Karen. Uh, Laurel says, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I got help from the Crisis Pregnancy Center of Houston, a pro-life group. They were very supportive and helpful. The idea oh. that pro-lifers are anti-women is silly. I agree. Is that, uh, is that Laurel Scott or is that? Yeah, our resident ginger. Ah, well, isn't she the immigration lawyer? Yep. Ah, so check out, uh, check out Laurel, Laurel's channel for immigration law insight. Uh, Fataku says, stuff. I'm with you, Blonde. I don't, watch, I don't want to watch an abortion in a movie theater either. That's why I skipped Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I owe a rim He's shot good. to that one. I'm not on it, but you, you deserve it. 
two ways says highest moral act in Christian society is to sacrifice your life while saving others. Highest moral act in Islamic society is to sacrifice your life while killing non-Muslims. Mm. Coexistent requires non-Muslims being peace. Mm. Well, some truth to that. Um, Mike seven twenty five says. Amount Sims offered to Dots Underage Girls $100. Amount raised by the parents of those girls to further the pro-life cause $100,000. Watching yeah. Sims' little stunt blow up in his smug face. Priceless. Yeah, it was a good thing to watch. Um, Big Red Doggy. Hey there. Um, Matt Blonde enjoying the show. Tomorrow's my birthday. So here's a gift and Matt cue the Bernie sounder. Oh, you're well, you're giving us a gift for your birthday. What's I'm not going to be niggardly. Thank you for supporting the show and have a, have a happy, happy birthday. birthday. Kyle, the blind musician. I'm a musician and being blind helps me with intersectional game, but I have reservations about leaning into that. Did I do it to get a conservative voice potential uh, in Hollywood listening? Hmm. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm worried about that conservative voice in Hollywood portion. Like that seems yeah, difficult really. to achieve. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if anybody gets intersectional cred, it's somebody that has a real disability like being blind. Like being I don't black th- I is don't not going to be even, a hindrance to your life. Like being black I don't think really even hard. the highest intersectionality overcomes the wrong politics, though, for those no. people. And I'm not discouraging this person. I'm just I'm saying the political realities are tough. Yeah, but I mean, use it to get a to to get an in in Hollywood. Yeah, do it hmm. totally. Oh, as in some one pre-exists. Maybe I maybe I misinterpreted. He's blind. Right, but the politics. I guess maybe I misunderstand. He's just asking if he should use his blindness as yeah. a way to get into Hollywood. Right. But I'm saying, well, yeah, I guess I'm worried. Will the, will the blindness overcome the politics because the politics are, ah, yeah. We get Ass- really dumb around eight o'clock. Assu- I'm assuming you have some political beliefs that are somewhat aligned with this show. So you'd have to like, you'd have to keep them secret. I don't know. That's- maybe, maybe he would. Yeah. Uh, Bill McPherson would be good, good here. Good luck. Yeah, sorry. Game of Thrones was lit. Almost makes up for the first three crap episodes. All right. Fair enough. That's good to hear. I trust Bill's opinion. Daenerys beheaded. um, Daenerys. You're going to trigger a lot of people. Daenerys? Not Daenerys. It's not Daenerys? No. This show is gay. (laughs) Pop Mom, good times. Your post this week, my son showing up for a family party yesterday sporting a Black Rifle coffee t-shirt. Nice. Oh, cool. Good. That sniff and those high school kids refusing to allow their grief to be politicized. Yes, good times indeed. Yeah, that made me really emotional. I actually cried. Mm. Uh, Danny Montaner says, Tonight the Commandant will be doing a transmission on Blonde and why she is an uber woman. You can find it on BitChute. Until next time, hail victory. Wow. Uh, Cameron Herrick, have you guys heard that people are all pissed about mixed people? I I keep hearing people say, if you have a white parent, you're not black and shaming them for thinking they are? What? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, how uh, we see this in a lot of different directions, like uh, in terms in terms of what ethnic purity counts as sufficiently whatever race. You know, the average Black American is twenty percent white, though. Hmm. So, okay, so it's... like, what percentage game are we playing here? No, that's insane. Hmm. Uh, Matthew Riley, Matt and Blonde. Uh, somebody needs to tell Don Lemon and Cory Booker that. Although Cory Booker's <laughs> he's one hundred percent black, isn't he? I I have no idea. I don't know. Let me know on the live Both chat. of his parents were black, I believe. Oh, well, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Raleigh, Matt and Blonde, Michelle Fields is a stunning and brave victim. Your victim shaming must end in all seriousness. <laughs> it was nice to see Ben be human briefly. That said, the interviewer does that sort of, I interview to, that sort of interviewed everyone. Yeah, um, and that's, that's fair It enough, was kind of yeah. nice to see him 
be human, you know? Yeah, we all, we all have to fall down from time to time. And, yeah. you know, we do it plenty on this show. We really so, do. Yeah. Yarmulk and epitome. It was the epitome of embarrassment. It was. Uh, yeah. Insk says, Owen Benjamin is an example of one who found truth and has no fear of bringing it to the forefront. Love the mm. show. You guys give me hope for my children's future. That truth, reason, and logic will become cool again. Yeah, everybody can say what they want to about Owen Benjamin, but like, I love the guy. I love his streams. They always put me in a better Maybe mood. Maybe we should bring him back. It's been a year. We really should. Um, See if he'd come back. Uh, yeah, I bet he would. I mean, I, apparently he's gotten shit on by a bunch of other bigger YouTubers, so he might hmm. be in the game for some small-time folk like us. Um, Liana Strafir, love what you two do. Thank you so much. The coward, Liberius, Judeo-Christianity doesn't exist. Ooh, spicy take. It stopped being Judeo as soon as it started being Christian. If you disagree, you have to say Judeo-Christian Islamic to be intellectually honest. And that's <laughs> dumb. I like it, and I think that I probably agree with you. Rafael yeah. Salvador, it's clear... Nope. Too spicy? Yeah. All right, thanks, Rafael. Great story. Compelling and rich. Compelling and rich. Quietus Jones. Uh, <laughs> I can't read this one either. God, dude. Oh. This is... Everybody's, oh, everybody's oh trying to get us. Uh, okay. Uh, Kevin Flanagan, can we test the aerodynamics of Desmond's new line of clothes from the top of a building? Fine. All right. <laughs> I'll read that one. Uh, Seagram's Gin. Ben and Andrew are solid day examples of, the brick, of why we should Day be... of the rope. Oven ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the Indian chick from the Jack Dorsey. Yeah, that's the JJ at Twitter. Day of the brick. Day of the rope. Oven ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Seagram's Jen, Ben and Andrew were a solid example of why we should be cautious in mixing cultures. These two guys couldn't read each other's cues and mannerisms. Ben being a cocky Californian, Andrew being smug. Thank you for that bailout at the end of there. I, I think a lot of that uh, does explain what's going on there. It's like misinterpretation of the other's motives and stuff. Uh, I, I do think that explains a fair amount of that interaction. Um, and I don't know. It, I guess it goes to show too. <laughs> Well, anyway, I, maybe I shouldn't go down this road. I've talked too much, but assuming others' motives and 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 attributing malice to them, which Ben is normally against, but he did in this case. Yeah, I don't know. He assumed Corey, uh, what, what's his nest motives, and blindly sided with Michelle Fields. We've talked about this. Part yeah, time. but uh, yeah, let's but not go down you. that path because I'll talk twenty minutes yeah, about. Really. If, uh, as as I've said, if I ever get to talk to Ben, whether. I'm interviewing him or he's interviewing me. I'm going to hijack the situation and go, no, 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 shut the hell up. Michelle Fields was not assaulted by Corey Lewandowski. Admit it. And I'm not going anywhere until you do admit it. And if you refuse to admit it, I got an iPad loaded with the footage and you're going to watch the footage I'm and explain sure to me where the assault is. Explain to me where the assault it's is. Show me the frame. It's when he moved her gently like this. It's, where, it's when he touched her elbow. Yeah. I bruise easily because I'm such a... Dainty woman, uh, Fataku during Hunter <laughs> yeah. McGrady's Sports Illustrated shoot. That's not her name, is it? Hunter McGr McGrady, I think. But oh, yes, McGravy. <laughs> Hunter McGravy weighs uh, in on the diversity. Ph the photographer encountered difficulties when Greenpeace arrived and tried to roll Hunter back into the waves while yelling, "You're free, go home." <laughs> Dude. Also, uh, another point we didn't even touch on: How is obesity part of diversity? Usually, they're yeah. talking about uh, you know inherent characteristics, race, gender, uh, whatever. Obesity is is as much a choice as anything else but i suppose it's no more choice than religion and that counts as diversity so okay it's just odd don't you think don't you think it's weird to include weight in the diversity rainbow 
Yeah. It's different. It seems qualitatively different than the other characteristics. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Boogeyman917, why must the fat girls always have pretty faces? They're clearly leaving out the <laughs> ugly women. The face is a part of the body, but apparently not the body positive movement. We have, they have faulty logic. Yeah, what about all these ugly faced women? What about them? Um, Josh Boy just started Game of Thrones. I'm really liking the books so far. Mm. Huh. Uh, Zaster the King in yellow, no note. Thank you, sir. Uh, Matthew Self. Episode is awesome as far as visual, but the story is suckish as we expected. Oh, see for yourself. I'm uh, fine. All right. Uh, Rafael Salvador also forgot Happy Mother's Day to every mother out there. And yes, blonde, you need to get knocked up and join the mother cult. I'm answering no questions about this. Complete with morning sickness, violent mood swings, pooping births, and all. Yes, women do poop in their births. Um, Laurel says, I'm not a redhead. My father had a red mustache and beard. My aunt is a redhead. My sister has two redhead daughters and my cousin's son, but not me. Really? I'm sorry, Laurel. I have mischaracterized you based on some auburnish hair, uh, <laughs> but still check out her channel. You should check out her channel. Return yeah. to reason. Happy mother's day to my amazing wife due with our first in greater than four weeks. Oh crap. That said, stop saying generation C will save us. Check stats. I sent you a while ago. They're very in favor of large government. They might turn it around though. I mean, they're getting screwed by large government. Yeah, I've They'll always heard eventually. more conservative, but again, that's relative to millennials who are, as far as I understand, not at all conservative. So more conservative could be, what, 30%? You know, you never you never know. I've not looked deep at the stats, so I'll have to check it out. Metal Man says, I was today years old when I learned that Matt was not the guy from Blades of Glory. Here's something else. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Napoleon Dynamite guy, John <laughs> Heater? Come on. I don't look like John Heater, and I certainly don't look like Will Ferrell, so I assume uh, no, that's not who you're referring 275 to. 275 Bear last one. I was proud of my 12-year-old this past week. He had $50 gift card to Barnes & Noble. He bought War and Peace and a Bible with wow. no push from me. Happy Dad. That's Here's pretty cool. Here's for his choices for literature. That is so super huh. cool. 12-year-old War and Peace. I haven't even read War and Peace. I have not either. All right, we're good on, on YouTube. Okay. Thank you so uh, much, you guys. Check in on over on Streamlabs. Uh, Cameron, getting back to us after that last one trailed off, he says, I wrote an OK sign emoji, but it doesn't look like it went through. I wanted to uh, flash it on screen so you can get your hit piece from the ADL. Thanks for all you do. Well, those that will be the day. I don't know if it's coming soon. Phil says, uh, if we ever... if we." Says, if we never let the Irish in, Brian Sims wouldn't be here to spew his BS. Just saying. That's where we went wrong, man. <laughs> Should have left him alone with their potato famine, man. Redicus says, we have a right to privacy, but the NSA can know the consistency of my bowel movements and my D-picks. Plus, fuck that coward of a politician that wouldn't face Matt Walsh uh, at the protest when he was called out for his insufferable petty shaming of protesters. I hope that Brian Sims does respond more fully rather than just privating his tweets, but we'll see. Phil, I have to pre-read this one. Okay. A gay guy, a Zionist, and a woman who had an abortion walk into a bar. Which one tells you about their thing first? <laughs> Jeez. Okay. We all know the answer to that one. All right. Uh, Franginator says, Ben, facts don't care about your feelings unless it is Israel. This is me giving Ben my Jew card. I am an American Jew first. Ben, I can't do... Uh, I can't. I can't do many of these you hobos. I, I'm, that might be a mistype. I'm not sure what the second sentence is about, but yes. Fair point on the uh, identity politics stuff. Michu says, AOC, garbage disposal. Me, shakes head. 
she is so dumb, but maybe I missed something, turns a political uh, a political girlfriend and asks, do your parents have a garbage disposal? Her? What? Of course. Why? Shows her the video, and her and the girlfriend responds, that girl is retarded. Well, she has <laughs> a share of, uh, of our Congress, so, you know, good for her. Uh, Redicus, again, says, to Shapiro's point, Many in the conservative party and most British conservatives are right of Lenin, left of Obama. He should have set the terms where it is more about the uh, more about the book and not his character. More of these comments, more of the, uh, most of those comments are five years old. Yeah. And, and, you know, but again, the point is that there's a good response there as opposed to just assuming malice and rage quitting that he could have gone with that don't seem terribly difficult to arrive at. And honestly, he's normally good enough to get to those. Michu says, I'm in a hard position. I've been wearing chucks for more than 15 years. Ouch. It's like when I had to give up my Nike shoes in the fall. I didn't have to, but I chose to. I don't know. But it is very hard for me to support uh, an organization aiding and abetting child abuse. And I think that's a fair way to characterize it. You got to decide for yourself. Redicus says the SI woman at least was just fat and not blood type pudding. Again, (laughs) copyright Steven Crowder, who is, you know, he has plenty of good lines and good writing. uh, So it's not like he has a shortage of it, but I will say that's the all time top line he's ever written. As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) concerned is blood type pudding. That's, that's my favorite one. Uh, Also, what is the betting pool that this will be the lowest sales number SI has ever seen on the swimsuit issue? A hundred percent, basically. I I don't think anyone's going to be buying this because chicks aren't going to buy it and dudes sure as hell aren't going to buy it. Last one, HV says, as someone who is affected by the body positivity movement, movement, don't let them fool you. It's horrible. And please wake up. Healthy is not stick thin but it's not 30 plus over your weight class yeah that's the you know i don't want to come off as just haha laughing at this or whatever the reality is it's the same thing with feminism it's that same kind of sincere unfortunate reality that they're persuading people against things that will make them happy yeah and that's really sad they're setting people on a perpetual course of unhappiness resentment uh blame on other people for your own problems and not taking every day as an opportunity to become your best self. None of us are ever perfect, but don't you always want to wake up feeling like you're a little bit better today than you were yesterday? For sure. If, if not, what's the point of life? You know, and if, if you're teaching people, well, no, your, your shortcomings and your inadequacies and your imperfections are actually things to be embraced that you should be proud of. Then why would well, you ever improve yourself? Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that the expectation should be perfection, but that is what we should all be aiming for because we want to be on that trajectory. Yeah. Whether or not we actually get there is kind of irrelevant. It's like being as close to that as we possibly can. That, that's, um, that's unfortunate. I don't want to see people, people persuaded that their unhappiness and their unhealthiness is in fact a good thing for them to hang on to. All right. You ready for Game of Thrones? I You're guess giving so. Me that, giving me that look. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Thanks, Karen. Karen, you got to come on the show. Hey, Karen. Karen, come on our show. <laughs> sure. Everybody send Karen an email or get her on Twitter. That's Karen at Girl Strong, Writes What. At Girl Writes What. On Twitter if, you want, if you'd like to see her come on the show. Yeah. Anyway, thanks everybody for hanging out on a Mother's Day and hanging out during Game of Thrones live, all that. We appreciate it. If you're tuning in later uh, on YouTube or on any of the other on-demand platforms, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, if you can't get enough of this show, and who can? There's way more on the audio platforms. Wednesday night's call-in show, you can listen back to that. Other interviews we've done, it's all on the audio platforms. They're all linked in the description for you. 
Uh, and uh, you can always send us an email as well. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Anything else, check out the website. You can support the show there too. That's mattchristiansenmedia.com. In the meantime, we'll be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. See you then. Bye, guys. <laughs>